gradual and magical shadows silently start to Salutations, everyone. Oh, that was good. <laughs> good, good, good salutations, everyone. Yay! Um, <laughs> it's a Futurama episode. No, just kidding. <laughs> no, 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 no. This is this is a different uh, movie. This is welcome to uh, non Bluth. Yeah, you were gonna you were gonna do the Bluth one. No. Oh, okay. I was getting ready to. <laughs> never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Although, you know what's funny? When, when you look up this movie... This is a great start. When, I'm when sorry, you, go ahead. When you look up this movie and Don Bluth, there is one link that comes up that says Don Bluth is in the end credits. And then I looked at the credits and he's not. So this website was wrong. Uh, that's... Yeah, I don't think that's true in no, any way. No, it's not. I double-checked. I was like, is this a what, Bluth movie? <laughs> what movie are we talking about, Sarah? Charlotte's Web, 1973. Yeah, yeah. It's 1973. And... <laughs> Sorry, the, sorry. The if animated one. <laughs> sorry if we're like we're a little thrown here. Uh, we are actually recording this early evening as opposed to the afternoon. I'm drinking a glass of wine. Um, but we we planned <laughs> we planned on recording it in the afternoon. However, there is a reason we didn't record it in the afternoon. And I'm going to throw our guest under the bus here for a moment. Um, but under the cat bus. Under the cat bus. But why are we bringing Studio Ghibli into this? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah that, that's we a good, started okay. with Futurama. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> so, our guest Andrew, Andrew Roebuck, uh, who yes, hello, I am uh, the one who always uh, delays everything. No, um, no, no, no. <laughs> but tell the people why, the because people, they the will understand. But, well, um, yeah, I was like, I was going for a walk, and you know, I was just like, oh yeah, I'm gonna like be ready for this Bluth podcast. <laughs> I'm gonna go for a walk, put on some like nice relaxing music, get into the mode. And then I saw a cat, and then the cat came up and seen me. And then I started looking at the cat, and I'm like, oh, this cat is not looking good. Like, this cat is very, very skinny. So I pretty much had to save the cat. So Aww. I had to go back home, get my carrier, get get some treats, and, like, get it in there. It was pretty easy, actually. It was, like, a very nice cat, but it was <laughs> – she is uh, very skinny. So, um, you Aww. know, I – I I was like, oh, you know what? Uh, every life has a meaning and a purpose. <laughs> <laughs> no, I will say, like, this is incredibly sweet of you and is a very on-brand reason for why the podcast... Like, that's... You even said in when you messaged us, you're like, I have a very Charlotte's Web reason for why I'm going to be late to doing this. And so... Um, no, absolutely would rather you have helped a, an animal in need. Uh, some cat, am I right? Some cat. It's <laughs> and it's it's too bad cats are evil, according to Charlotte's Web and uh, and some and, other and many pig other movies. movies. Not even pig movies, just movies in general. Cats have a bad rap. Uh, yeah. So but, it's so bad. I think I'm going to name her Charlotte, just as a, oh, as, a, as a reference. But oh then tell goodness. tell the people what else happened. What else did oh, happen? Yeah. Oh, well, okay. oh, I got right, right. oh, yeah, I got bit while I was doing it. So I had to go into the ER. And then because Canada has like a huge COVID problem right now and not enough oh. vaccines, hmm. everything is super delayed. So I was sitting there for like four hours 
And then I went up to the nurse. The nurse like was like took another look and she's like, well, that bite is clearly not infected. Go home. And I'm like, okay. well, yeah, but, but you know, PSA, like cat bites. Oh, it's always are, good. Right. Yeah. yeah. Cause you've had, you've had that happen before. And like cat bites in general are like, yes, when you get bitten, go to the ER because it's bad. It can get bad, but yeah. You're, you're good. Yeah, you're, and, you haven't yeah, it turned was, it into was, a cat. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I wish. I was going to make that a spider cat or a cat man, whatever. We're going to make... <laughs> if I turn into a spider cat, <laughs> you're going to turn spider cat, spider... Well, spider pig would be yeah. more on brand, I That's guess. That's true. That's true. Spider pig, spider pig does whatever a spider pig does. And that is a, that is a thing that... And that's a Simpsons, Simpsons reference. Yes. And, and that's related to Futurama, which started this episode. Spider-Ham. Spider-Ham is cool. Oh, yeah. Spider- Spider-Ham. I oh, forgot. right. Into the Spider-Verse and all that continuity. My God, why are there so many pig related? <laughs> all anyway. that continuity. <laughs> and all that all that verse. <laughs> all that, that multiverse. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know where my head is. Uh, oh, we didn't anyone's. introduce ourselves. Dax. I'm Dax. I'm Schaefer. Sarah. Nobody cares. It's fine. They You're know. Sarah Iyer. <laughs> I, I talked over you saying who you were. It's fine. And Andrew, one more time. Your name. I'm Andrew. Andrew <laughs> Roebuck. <laughs> and and Andrew was our guest last time when we talked about uh, the journey back to Oz. Everyone's favorite Don Bluth movie. It's not a Don Bluth movie. It is a movie well, that is. Don Bluth worked on. Right, 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 right. But I mean, it's it's it was part of our Bluth series. It this, wasn't a non-Bluth. And this is not a Bluth episode. This is a non-Bluth <laughs> episode. We've made it so confusing. But anyway, why are we talking about this movie? This movie, I, Charlotte's I, Web. I'm sorry, Sarah. No, I was saying I don't know, but then I thought maybe you know. I do know. I have. I was. It was a rhetorical question so that I could then provide answers to oh, what God. I was saying. Is, is that a rhetorical so, question? I'm not so, sure. So why this movie for a non-Bluth? Uh, well, okay. So as I said, we just talked about Filmation's journey back to Oz last time. Filmation was a studio largely responsible for producing uh, TV animation. Um, st- a lot of the Archie properties, for example, Groovy Ghoulies. Come on, everybody, join the Ghoulies. Uh, Sabrina, uh, Archie show. Goodness, Jughead, you certainly look troubled. I tell you, Sabrina, I am really shook up. What's the problem? It's Big Ethel. She's convinced I'm running around with another woman. And um, and uh, uh, but we also can't forget. Um, will the real Jerry Lewis please sit down? <laughs> please, um, please let me forget it. Please. Yeah, we did. I did forget it, but now it's back. <laughs> and Fantastic Voyage, Fantastic Journey, Fantastic Planet, Fantastic Planet. No, that's mm-hmm. a totally different movie. <laughs> what was it? Fantastic Voyage was was the yeah, other one. Yeah, Fan- anyway, Fantastic Voyage. Yeah. So so. Filmation was a competitor, basically, to Hanna Barbera, the Woo. the other well, <laughs> woo, uh, the <laughs> other well known TV animation company at the time, in through the, like the sixties, seventies, um, and Hanna Barbera, obviously responsible for Scooby Doo. And nothing else. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Yogi Bear. <laughs> Yogi Bear. Yeah, a lot you're of... not going to mention Yo Yogi, the greatest of all Yogi Bear. <laughs> <laughs> Do we really? I feel like that's the thing is like Hanna Barbera is so well known that it's like. Do I need to tell you that Hanna Barbera made the Flintstones? Like, is that is that necessary for me to go over this? Yeah, uh, I don't the know. Smurfs, wacky races, 
Um, you know, Wacky Races was actually based on The Great Race, um, which is a really fun and very long movie. Um, but <laughs> Wacky Races? I've never even heard of that one. Really? Oh, never seen Wacky Races? I love races? that one. That's, that one's very fun. And now, here they are. The most daredevil group of daddy drivers to ever whirl their wheels in the Wacky Races. Competing for the title of the world's wackiest racer. Oh my fun. goodness. Um, but yeah, the Huckle. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Andrew. Oh, I was going to say Wacky Races has the greatest villains of all time. Yes, like, it does. Dick Dastardly. <laughs> Dick Dastardly. And Dastardly. I always yeah. confuse Dick oh. Dastardly with Snidely Whiplash. Oh, I, Muttley. I have heard of this. Where Where have I? I don't know. I've I've heard of this Maybe in Scoob? Now. They, in they so- showed oh. up in Scoob. They just like Wait, showed up. And like, you're like Scoob, oh, the, Scoob the movie? Yeah. There oh, I didn't lot, see yeah. that. There's a lot of crossover in Hanna-Barbera properties. Like, characters mm. show up all the time. And even, like, Hanna-Barbera was in charge of doing the Super Friends, and there's, like, an episode where Batman and Robin meet Scooby-Doo. I think several oh. times that happens. They, yeah, they've met several times, and it's always great. <laughs> Honestly, I always love it. And, and there's always a fake laugh track, which is actually somewhat charming in retrospect. Great, Scott. Holy mix-ups. It's not Joker and Penguin. <laughs> Look, it's Batman and Robin. You're right. Anyway, the Jetsons, um, the what, what Smurfs. Are, what are you guys? What are your favorite Hanna Barbera? My my favorite is probably Scooby Doo. What, what about you guys? Which Scooby Doo? Well, the Hanna Barbera show. Like know, in terms of Hanna Barbera, like ten oh, Scooby Doo shows. Uh, like, I don't know Scooby Doo. Where are you? That's is that, I think was the that? original one. I would just yeah. say Scooby Doo and the Thirteen Ghosts would be my ah. pick. This is a warning to all living mortals that whosoever opens this chest of demons will release 13 of the most terrifying ghosts upon the face of the earth. Deep, deep, deep cut, deep cut Scooby-Doo. Uh, <laughs> now we're just talking about Scooby-Doo. You scrappy fans? You scrappy-doo fans? <laughs> um, Uncle Scooby? Hi, I'm Scrappy-Doo. They didn't like Scrappy-Doo for the movie, I know, I just, I just watched those live-action movies. So good, so good, like legitimately good. And I, oh, yeah. Anyway, that, way off topic, but I just had to say that because I've been on a real Sarah Michelle Gellar uh, <laughs> kick, so I watched those movies. I just also want to say that in terms of Scooby-Doo, I did watch um, some of Mystery Incorporated, which everyone oh, raves yeah, yeah. about. Everyone I says it's good. Yeah, I haven't really gotten into it. It hasn't grabbed me. I like it, but I'm not like, I don't know. I feel like Gravity Falls did that. What it's doing, Gravity Falls did it better later. I will say I have a couple thoughts here on all of this. Um, the I think the best Scooby Doo thing that was ever made was uh, the film from I think ninety eight or like late nineties was uh, Scooby Doo on Zombie Island. Ooh, if you yes. want to, if you want to see a good, and I'm talking about the cartoon ones, like if you want to see a really actually fun, thought through, well written Scooby Doo movie that like was well animated as well, um, that's a very good choice. Mm. Mm. Hey, we should do a segment on Lena's pecan pie, Daft. It's supernatural. You are so corny. <gasps> now what? Uh, but the other thing that I want to bring up actually isn't Scooby-Doo specifically related. It's uh, m- the Mystery Skulls animated music videos uh, done by Mystery Ben uh, on oh. YouTube. For years now, they've been doing these, and they are all very Scooby-Doo inspired, but they're, they're just these amazing, uh, really like intricately told stories that uh, mix Scooby-Doo with a lot of sort of Eastern 
uh, folklore and mythology. It I won't like spoil any of it, but but go and we'll put a link in the description. But but go check out the Mystery Skulls animated series. It's Ooh. it's really wonderful. It sounds um, good. It is. Um, but Scooby Doo aside, <laughs> um, or actually no way to have brought up this list while you were talking, which is uh, Scooby Doo, where are you from '69? The new Scooby Doo movies from 1972 to '74. Scooby Doo Dino Mutt Show and Laugh Olympics. Scooby Doo and Scrappy Doo and oh the Richie God. Rich Scooby Doo Show. <laughs> the new Scooby Doo and Scrappy Doo Show and new Scooby Doo. God, I've got to like stretch the window over uh, mysteries. Uh, the thirteen. 13- the 13 goes to Scooby-Doo, a pup named Scooby-Doo. What's new Scooby-Doo? Shaggy and Scooby-Doo get a clue. And there's just a ton of other crap. So that's why I was saying when you said Scooby-Doo, which oh, one? Because there's, there's so many. Good, again, like this is totally Scooby-Doo centric. Uh, we will get to Charlotte's well, Web. Well, there is, there is something related to Scooby-Doo in yeah. Charlotte's Web. Yes, that's true. <gasps> um, but I, I want to say there's a Supernatural episode that like crosses over with Scooby-Doo and it's really good. It's like partially animated. Oh yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, Yeah, it was great. It was like you know what's his name? Like, uh, well, whatever. I won't go into it. (laughs) It's good. Just watch it. (laughs) There are no words in this newspaper, Dean. We should be trying to get out of here, and instead, you're you're hanging out with Marmaduke. (gasps) How dare you! And hitting on Daphne when she's clearly with Fred. (laughs) She's settling. All right. Oh, Daphne could do so much better. So I wanted to bookend that I started all of this with me trying to explain why we were talking about right. Charlotte's Web. <laughs> so, but yes, you know what Hanna-Barbera has worked on. Um, so Hanna-Barbera was in its own way a competitor to Filmation. And Journey Back to Oz was Filmation's um, attempt at making a feature. And similarly, this was Hanna-Barbera's attempt at making a feature. And it just seemed like that was a good, this made the most sense for where we would put this movie if we wanted to talk about it. Plus, uh, both movies have Paul Lind as a voice in them. Uh, Paul Lind plays Pumpkinhead in Journey Back to Oz, and in this he plays the iconic Templeton. You there, Templeton? Mm-hmm. Got a little piece of string I could borrow? I need it to spin a web. What's in it for me? Both of these are based on children's books. Um, both came out a year apart. Wow. Uh, Oz came out around 72 or <laughs> Oz was yeah. a little confusing because it had a few <laughs> dates, but it says 72. And then this was 73. Um, both have farm life. Both have songs. Um, and that's about where the similarities end. Also, and, one, um, and one is good. One is good. <laughs> one is also, not good. Secret of Nim came out in. Oh, sorry. That was. 82 never mind <laughs> yeah we're still a little ways yeah yeah so don bluth like again this isn't re- you know this film isn't related to don bluth but he would have been at disney around this time right yeah i think he would have just uh kind of left filmation and gone for and mm-hmm. gone off around this era to work on uh, other disney things and stuff like uh the small one he would direct there too mm-hmm. and pete's dragon and um and uh, rescuers, all the stuff we talked about on Disney Days, yeah, on yeah. our Disney Days episodes. Um, yeah, it's weird because he worked at Disney for a little while before Filmation, and then he worked on, and then he worked at Filmation. Then he went back to Disney, and then he left, and they did Banjo and Nim. Um, anyway, we're not talking about Don Bluth. We're talking yeah. about Charlotte's <laughs> Web. John Arable had been up since daybreak. He'd seen the size of the pig. He wasn't looking forward to what had to be done. Good morning, Papa. Morning, friend. 
So, so Charlotte's Web premiered at the Radio City Music Hall. This is from Wikipedia. I'm just saying this. Uh, at the Radio City Music Hall on February 22nd, 1973, and was released on March 1st to moderate critical and commercial success. It was the first of only four Hanna-Barbera films not to be based upon one of their famous television cartoons. Hmm. Chomps in 79... Heidi's song in 82 and Once Upon a Forest in 90 <gasps> in 93 I forgot being, that was them <laughs> did being you, the other three did you and just make up two of those no <laughs> they yeah, do not sound real, real. <laughs> those are real but this was the first one and the uh, significance of that ending part for us is that the very first non-bluth we did uh, was on Once Upon a Forest and uh, Watership is, Down. Right. Of course, how, how could I forget? How could I forget? Oh, thank you. <laughs> and that was, uh, what, four hours long? <laughs> that was four hours long. I think I'm still listening to it, to be honest. <laughs> <Are you're> st- <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's, that's pretty good. Uh, no, but so there is, in some ways, this is kind of going a little full circle because uh, Once Upon a Forest was sort of the last one. And now we've hopped back to the very first Hanna-Barbera film um, that wasn't based on one of their series. Um, and uh, yeah, so before we go too far into talking about the film itself, um, I wanted to ask both of you what your experiences with Charlotte's Web are, if any, from when you were younger versus what they are now. And uh, I'll I'll let whoever talks first have me me because mine's shorter and I have nothing I have like literally nothing. Um, <laughs> well, no, it's funny because I when I I don't I don't I didn't think I had read this book even though a lot of people read it when they mm. were kids, but I just don't think I did, and I didn't think I'd seen the film. But when I watched it, a lot of it seemed really familiar, like where he's like pretending to be a spider and he like ties the rope to himself, like I. Mm-hmm. I was like, that seems really familiar. So I may have read the book. I may have watched the movie. One of those. I have no idea. Um, for all intents and purposes, I have no history with Charlotte's Web. That's it. <laughs> wow. That's, uh, you know what? That's fair. Uh, my story is going to be the complete opposite. Yeah. I I do not know when I saw Charlotte's Web the first time. And I don't know exactly if I recognized how much I have based my entire life on Charlotte's Web. <laughs> but like when this movie started and like it's just the credits showing like farm life, showing like very like no one had even talked. And for some reason I like started crying and I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> like I'm like, how long has quarantine happened where <laughs> the the idea of a farm is now making me cry. But it was like it was very like a very interesting emotional experience re- revisiting it because I I definitely had had the book when I was younger like mm-hmm. and I I've definitely read the book I have seen Charlotte's Web this version like plenty of times I've also seen uh, Charlotte's Web 2 Oh God! <laughs> For a moment, I thought you were going to bring up the live action one, and I was like, "It's not that bad." And then you're like, it's two. Wait, like, what I is Charlotte's for- Web two? Yeah, like the, I forgot the this Timmy existed. Timmy to the rescue. It's <laughs> probably, probably it's probably of that caliber. It's probably about Timmy to the rescue caliber, uh, which that was the uh, uh, the western the uh, 
Fivel, right? That was the Fivel no, spinoff. No, Secret of uh, that was Secret, Secret of Nim Two. Oh, right, yeah. right. Sorry, sorry. I know there was weird mounts. <laughs> it's a mouse, mouse stuff. yeah. <laughs> um, it was called Redwall. No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I own like seventeen thousand books. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> sorry, go ahead. Uh, but yeah, so I, and I've also seen the live action movie, which I have no feelings whatsoever about good or bad <laughs> <laughs> I, I have opinions i did rewatch. so i want to clarify some fun funness is that we all watched the animated one i did watch the live action one as well um, I, I watched I, Babe. Yes, I was yes, Sarah, yes, Sarah I saw that. I saw that like on your like Instagram, and I'm like, yeah. are we talking about Babe? <laughs> no, I just felt like I wanted to watch a good pig movie. It so was it, it was more of a, a running joke that I kept saying I was going to watch the live action one, and Sarah was just like, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm going to watch Babe, and so it, it sort of was it, like a. It's fine. I watched Gordy. Okay, good, good. <laughs> we, we covered. We all watched I, one. I did not. <laughs> extra pig movie no 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 um, i had like it, i was fully intending to rewatch the like live action one but then when i watched like the animated one and i was like so moved i was like why do i want to sully this with the live action one well i have some thoughts regarding it that i'll 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 get into later um but but i actually i was expecting it to be terrible and i don't think it is i think it's kind of uh, it's sweet i've never met a spider before did you make that? Is that what you were concentrating on last night? Yes. It's amazing. Think you could teach me how to make one of those? And well, it's it brings a point uh, up that I'd like to mention is that both those both adaptations that have been made of Charlotte's Web, the animated and the live action one, um, it it's kind of a testament to the writing of the book because both retain a lot of things that are similar from the book, and the book is so good that it's kind of hard to screw up. Um, did you guys have you guys read the book? Did you read it when you were kids? I think I I think I, I did, but I it's hard to tell because the movie has right. so many similarities. Mm-hmm. With, I definitely with, I definitely did read the book when I was growing up, and I thought that I still owned it because like I had owned it for years. Um, and I was looking through my uh, book collection and I was like, nope, not here anymore. What's mm. going on? I'm now sad. Yeah. The only major difference really is that in the book it's, there's not songs, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> I would love that. <laughs> like it's like Lord of the Rings style. Like where it's all like It just written. stops for, and that was actually a thing that E.B. White uh, himself did not like about this. Ad. Spoilers. Uh, E.B. White didn't like this version. I um, can see that. <laughs> I cannot. I cannot. And he was... <laughs> And he was, uh, and he was dead by the time the other one came out. Sorry. Hey, death is a major theme throughout no, Charlotte's I, I, I know. It was the delivery. And he was dead by the time the next one was dead. Wait, are you, are you saying E.B. White didn't like the, the three minute long song, uh, about a rat eating trash? Uh, that is correct. So AKA is... the greatest scene in all of cinema. And Which it is how an I've been amazing. spending my quarantine. Anyway. It is yeah. an amazing scene but I do was, exactly yeah. see why yeah. an author of their <laughs> poignant children's book about the ephemerality of existence and helping children to understand <laughs> the weight of death and that it's a thing that happened that it wouldn't be happy about this scene where a rat is just happily eating singing, garbage. eating garbage and singing with a goose. <laughs> I can see that. I get it. <laughs> I can understand. <laughs> so, look, um, in theory, I understand. In practice, no, cannot. 
<laughs> a fair is a veritable smorgasbord, 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 after the gates are shut. Each night when the lights go out, it can be found on the ground, all around. That's where a rat can glut, 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 glut. So I guess I'll say mine. Um... This actually, personally, may be one of the most... I'm sort of similar wavelength here with Andrew. This may be one of the most important animated films I think I saw as a kid. Um, Because of a similar feeling of just... I remember this was on par with Land Before Time for a film that I would watch over and over and over again. Yeah. Did we have the same childhood We might have. We might have. (laughs) Are you the same person? Are you just like... I, I've never seen the two of you my in clone the same in room, Canada. So. I'm, uh, I'm Evil Dax, uh, <laughs> the one with bad internet. I, you know, <laughs> hey, you're the one taking care of a lot of animals. That's more noble than anything I do with my life. Um, <laughs> so, but 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 for me, like this was a very important film, and I remember it. I, I don't even know if I can articulate uh, the impact that the story had on me, and. Uh, and and I will say up front, the animation is very limited. Yeah, we, yeah. We know yeah. we know that this was a Hanna Barbera. Hanna Barbera was notorious mm-hmm. for being stingy with budget, um, and for not. And maybe they just didn't have the budget. But it's like this is this doesn't even look as good as some of the like early Tom and Jerry shorts Hanna Barbera mm. was in charge of. Yeah. I thought it. I thought it yeah. looked better than Journey to Oz, though, and I don't know. I, I in mean, ways, yes, I agree. Yeah. I Sorry, think the, the animal stuff like goes well, like right, like the animal stuff I still think holds up pretty well. And I guess like probably because it's like so stylized. But whenever like the humans show up, you're like, oh, that's the that's the Hanna Barbera right. animation. Well, the humans, I don't know if you notice, um, there is a very strong Johnny Quest quality. Oh. Um, with the style, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. that yeah, that tracks, that tracks. And um, the dad, I, it was funny. I wrote here that dad looks like Captain Murphy from Sea Lab <laughs> or something. No, no, he kind of does. But but their faces do look very Johnny Questish, and that is because, of course, Hanna Barbera worked on Johnny Quest. And in fact, um, I did look it up, and both the directors, Charles A. Nichols and Iwao Takamoto. Um, both had worked in the animation departments uh, on on uh, Johnny Quest. So this oh. is in the Questiverse, is what you said. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, what were you going to say, sir? Oh, oh, I was going to say, can you bring up the Scooby-Doo thing now, or were you saving that for later? Which Scooby-Doo thing? The Scooby-Doo, like, like oh, connection. Oh, yeah, the, I can, actually. So That's here's... one thing, I did very little research, but I did see that one. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I'd like to point out here, so... Um, John Stephen Stephen Stephenson, John Stephenson, as John Arable, uh, one who plays uh, Fern's father. You know, I've got a good mind to let you raise this pig. Then you'd see what trouble a pig can be. Oh, Papa, would you please? All right, he's yours, saved from an untimely death. And uh, he played Doctor Benton C. Quest in Johnny Quest. And Don Messick is uh, the voice of Jeffrey, the young runt gosling. Oh, it's big out here. He played Bandit in Johnny Quest as well as Dr. Benton C. Quest. 
um, <laughs> after the first five or six episodes because uh, Barbara decided that um, John Stephenson sounded too much like the voice uh, for Race Bannon. So it was funny because when I was hearing the voice of Fern's dad in this, I was like, he sounds very much like something I'm familiar. Oh, it's it's Johnny Quest. That's what I'm thinking of is like a voice from Johnny Quest. But um, but uh, Don Messick ended up playing Dr. Benton Sequest for like the most of the Johnny Quest series. But Don was also the original voice of a somewhat well-known doggo pup named Scooby-Doo. Um, so <laughs> these... oh, wait, that's not what I was thinking of. There's another one. Oh, okay. Well, great. Wait, you <laughs> but... don't know, you don't know the other one. So, well, I'll, <laughs> I'll just finish my <laughs> oh, thought here. Yeah, yeah. Oh, go, you go don't know that. Both, <laughs> both of these guys, uh, did a ton of voices for other Hanna-Barbera properties and I'm not going to go into it, but, um, but I just wanted to bring that up. That is a kind of funny way. It was like, oh yeah, there's like some, I get like the line quality is different and it's not like as heavy with with black shadows or anything um but i can see it in the human faces from time to time i'm like yeah there's i can see that it was a lot of the same hands that had worked on the quest series the original hmm. one not not um the new adventure whatever it was quest world not <laughs> quest world that came way later with the cg <laughs> matrix anyway. wait a minute was that the actual Quest World? <laughs> Wasn't it called Quest World? Am I, I believe crazy? you. Sorry, no, I believe you. It's just I'm a not, terrible title. It <laughs> sounds like a theme park. It I was, would go to Quest World. <laughs> Quest World was... Am I the only one who watched Quest oh, World? Oh, it sounds like a Johnny Quest convention. Quest you, World. Right. <laughs> no, I can't be. Was it the real the retirement home? No, okay, you know what? I got this wrong. I got this wrong. It was called the Real Adventures of Johnny Quest, and <laughs> that is a very different. Yeah, thing. but in it, in it, there is a three-dimensional cyberspace domain called Quest World. So what? that is the canonical. <laughs> Name of the Matrix within the Real Adventures of Johnny Quest. I have so many questions. You questions? Um, oh, yes. I walked into that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But we don't have time for those questions, Sarah. What was yeah, your... Okay. I, and, and the only reason I was so like, what, you don't know that, Dax? Is because I did like five minutes of research. So... I mean, you you found Go all the ahead. stuff I did. You, my, my. You've shamed me enough. I, I shamed Andrew at the beginning of this. Now it's your time to shame me. Okay. Such is fairness in life. Go ahead. Okay, so the director of Charlotte's Web yes. was Iwao Takamoto. Yes. And he... <laughs> I'm like reading this. Um, this is a great episode. Sorry, so go ahead. He, just a little background on him. He began his career as a production and character designer for Walt Disney Animation Studios films such as Cinderella, Lady and the Tramp, and Sleeping Beauty. Later, he moved to Hanna-Barbera Productions where he designed a great majority of the characters including Scooby-Doo and Astro. Oh, okay. So he designed Scooby-Doo and Astro from the Jetsons um, and some other people. But I mean, it makes sense because he, you know, Clearly was working for Hanna-Barbera, and then he directed this film. Yeah. So. Well, he also directed Jetsons the movie from 1990. Oh, we don't talk and, about that. 
is wait is that the one where the Jetsons meet the Flintstones or is that a different? Uh, I believe so. I I think that is the '90s one, but I'm not sure. Oh, this says uh, George Jetson is tasked with running a new Spacely Sprockets facility by his boss Cosmo Spacely. However, after he brings his family along to support him, they uncover the tragic truth of the facility's location. What? That sounds good. That's the like the depressing (laughs) one, and like they're in like some weird like smelting plant. There's a lot of tears. Oh that, my god! There was that little springy thing. What was that springy thing? Bleep, blab it. The purplish, fuzzy thing that was yeah. the spring oh, legs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This I says think it uh, dies. the film has an approval rating of twenty-seven percent on Rotten Tomatoes, and Siskel and Ebert gave his film this film two thumbs down. But is, they also gave that, two thumbs down to a lot is, of stuff. Is that better or worse than Once Upon a Forest? Um, well, Roger Ebert <laughs> named it at number two of the 10 worst films of 1990. <laughs> wow. wow. That's because he's a go. Jetson purist. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, we, we've known, we've seen that, you know, Siskel and Ebert didn't, didn't always like a lot of like Don Bluth stuff that was really good. You know, a lot of animated stuff. They just weren't on, it wasn't for them. You know? Right. <laughs> Amazingly, uh, people can have different opinions and things that that change. Um, like me, I think this is a great episode. Dad. I think this is a great. <laughs> no, I was. We've gotten I, way self, off track. But, self-deprecation but it's all is is my brand. That's what I try and try and utilize. Anyway, for, so okay. You know what's funny is somewhere I have a CD that I found of uh, Hanna Barbera sound effects. I am very like, yes, tempted. I remember being in the car with you one time and you wanted to listen to the whole thing. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That is like that is like some serial killer stuff. No, we listened to some of it. I was like, stop the car, funny. let me out. <laughs> And then there were like four be, voice we, impressions too. Yeah, we would just be listening and it would be like boing. That was one track. <laughs> it was, and it was like all the songs, songs, it was all the sounds you would hear from, from anyway. Anyway, I just, I was just remembering that if I can find it, I will, I will put some randomness in right here. So anyway, Hanna-Barbera, we talked plenty here about Hanna-Barbera and the fact that they were involved, and maybe they'll come up later, but I just want to move on into this movie. Uh, Charlotte's Web, uh, based on the book Charlotte's Web, uh, written by E.B. White. Based on the book uh, Lord of the Rings. Right, right. Um, There's some pigs in there, I'm sure. Uh, From October, publication date, October 15th, 1952, is when the... The original book came out. So this would be, well, it was like 21 years after. That's the uh, year yes. my mom was born, in case anyone was wondering. Oh, my God. Is it a coincidence? Uh, probably. Pro- probably. Probably. <laughs> Thank you. 
Although, I don't know. Did we see any baby photos? And were there like spider writings in it? Although, if, if if that had been this her exact, if that had been her her exact birth date, that would have been really weird. But it's not. She's born in June. Oh, the exact day. It yeah, would that would have been really weird. That would have been very strange. Yeah. Um. The. Where were we? This is why these episodes are three hours. I love um, it. So anyway, so E.B. White. Uh, wrote this book. Uh, also, the uh, the artist. Also, the author of uh, Stuart Little, um, oh. Oh. starring Michael J. Fox, the movie. The movie. The movie. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and uh, actually, it says pictures by Garth Williams on the cover of the Charlotte's Web book. Um, but anyway, I, as far as I know, he had some hand in the production of this, and that he like there were certain sections he had told Barbara not. Like this, there are sections negotiable to change, and then there were ones that needed to stay the same. Hmm. So he did actually have some input, and there were that uh, there were like several. Okay, production do 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 is very confusing here, and uh, I, I don't normally like reading huge passages of Wikipedia, but it is so convoluted. Um, in 1967, animators John and Faith Hubley were interested to purchase the film rights of Charlotte's Web in hopes of producing a feature-length animated adaptation. E.B. White, who had liked the Hubleys, sold the film rights. Also, I don't know if it's Hubleys or Hubleys, but the Hubleys were unable to acquire financial backing and the project languished. Um, Oh, good use of languished in this description. Oh, whoever word. whoever used that word here. Uh, in September, let's see, that's a reference to Charlotte's Whip. Anyway, in September what? 1970, because oh. she says I'm languishing towards the end when oh, she's dying. In September 1970, the Los Angeles <laughs> Times reported that White had sold the film rights to Charlotte's Web to Edgar Bronfman Sr.'s Sagittarius Productions. Okay, in, that explains who, the Sagittarius. I'm sorry, just that. Astrology, <laughs> right? Who intended to produce a feature-length animated adaptation of the book. Director-producer Michael Campus was hired to supervise the project. Later in November, Henry White, president of the Sagittarius Pictures and Campus, approached director Gene Deitch to direct Charlotte's Web. Deitch agreed and personally met with E.B. White to discuss how the book should be adapted. As part of the contract deal with E.B. White, he would have the final approval of the character design and the casting of the spider character Charlotte. However, Campus left the project to direct ZPG in 1972 and and Deitch later learned he was forbidden to show his storyboards to E.B. White. Development on the film still continued at Deitch's animation studio in Prague with uh, Czech painter Mirko Hanak producing artwork of the film before dying of leukemia in November 1971. Mm. However, Bronfman Sr. began to grow dissatisfied with the European-influenced conceptual artwork. By May 1971, Deitch shipped his storyboards in a package to Sagittarius Productions in New York City, whom notified that his package went unopened and would be returned to him. On June 3rd, 1971, Deitch, in a mailed letter to E.B. White, stated that Sagittarius had refused to look his storyboards following six months of work on the project. That same month, it was reported that Sagittarius Productions had signed a two-picture production deal with Hanna-Barbera Productions, in which both films would be distributed by Paramount Pictures, one of the films being Charlotte's Web. Around that same time, Joe Barbera had visited White at his residence in Maine, in which the author highlighted parts of the book he did not want to change and parts that were, quote, subject to discussion, end quote. Uh, anyway, so I just want to... <laughs> Some story. Jeez yeah. Louise. Yeah. So there was like, 
uh, but there was a lot of like hands going around with this. Like, um, so it's kind of a weird little production history as to getting this off the ground. And I think somewhere else around here it says that um, Disney also had been interested in trying to make it, but White had wow. turned them down. Oh, what? That would have been good. I mean, this one was good, but like. Huh. It's good, but it, it does feel like it was limited, and who knows how. I mean, it's all almost is a Disney film because of the Sherman Brothers. <laughs> like mm-hmm. it's it's already so close to being one in in that tone. Do we um, think that they would have been as upfront about death though in the Disney one? That's I what just... I'm. Yeah, that is what I'm curious about. If it it would have stayed. I mean, so I don't know, but this is the version we have. Is the one that got made here and. Um, and I would say that even though that it is like crudely animated sometimes, there's a lot of character still in a lot of the expressions of the animals. And I feel like there's a thing that old critics would do where like if the movies didn't look like Disney, they just said animated yeah. things were bad. Yeah. And it is kind of like, OK, you guys haven't lived through the worst era of Internet animation and like <laughs> and bad CG monstrosities and like I feel like and some of the worst and best animation of all time has been made in the last few decades. You know, it's like there's been such a, a you know, polarization of quality, but a lot of like the ter- you put Charlotte's Web next to some pieces of animation and it looks totally fine. Yeah, it, yeah it, it's fine. It's completely acceptable. I've seen way worse things than this. And this at least has some level of sincerity and heart in how it's done and thought put into the characters. And um, I would rather watch a movie that has poor, like less quality animation and a good story and music than the inverse you know what i mean like i've seen those kinds of films that are well animated that have like bad songs and just asinine storytelling in them and it's just like i don't care that this is done on twos and ones it it, Mm -hmm. it's boring sorry go ahead andrew you're gonna say something no no just gonna i was gonna completely agree because it's like it really is almost like this is it, it in in a lot of ways it's like the animated equivalent of like a B movie where like they don't have as much money to do animation and it's also similar to like movies where they didn't have as much money to do effects but it doesn't mean that like what it's trying to say is not worth like talking about and it's always it's always interesting in, in that in that way I mean like I I come from like a a very Uh, special effects heavy background and like Mm -hmm. you get a lot of the same things where it's like oh this isn't ray harryhausen doing dinosaurs (laughs) this dinosaur sucks screw you everyone else and like you you get that you get that idea also kind of goes into like every genre really it's like i'm sure there's like drama critics who's like oh this isn't insert famous drama director here (laughs) how does this yeah, isn't I, uh, Casablanca, Citizen Kane. Uh, Citizen Kane. Citizen, more like Citizen Can't. No, I don't more know. Like Citizen. <laughs> what? Uh, <laughs> what does that even mean? <laughs> Citizen Kane's a wonderful film. Sorry, go it's ahead, It's fine. It's fine. Have you watched the whole thing? It's yes. long. <laughs> so is Lord of the Rings, and I like that. <laughs> uh, um, I was going to say, like, I wonder if E.B. White turned down... Because, again, it, it is all about story. I don't have a problem with the animation in this film. But, like, yeah, it's... I wonder if he turned down Disney because they wanted to change too much 
much of his story and he wanted more control over, you know, I imagine he probably had more control with Hanna-Barbera than he would well, have with Disney. Here, let me read this other part of Wikipedia here, which is the E.B. <laughs> e. White's reaction section. Um, despite assisting and helping keep parts of the story, White was still very displeased with the adaptation. Mm. According to Gene Deitch, White wrote in a 1977 letter, we have never ceased to regret that your version of Charlotte's Web never got made. The oh. Hanna-Barbera version has never pleased either of us. A travesty. Uh, White himself wrote of the film, the story is interrupted every few minutes so that somebody can sing a jolly song. <laughs> it's true. I, I don't care much for jolly songs. The Blue Hill Fair, which I tried to report faithfully in the book, has become a Disney world with 76 trombones. Um, but that's, I think, I don't think that movie was Disney. Anyway, but that's, <laughs> but that's what you get for getting embroiled in Hollywood. Uh, White had previously turned down Disney when they offered to make a film based on his book. Uh, according to the film's writer, Earl Hamner Jr., White's wife, who sometimes offered advice and suggestions to the filmmakers, would have preferred the music of Mozart in the film rather than the music of the Sherman Brothers. Okay, look. Yeah, I kids am, love Mozart. I have a thought it. there. Like, so, <laughs> excuse, just like gets out Mozart and like starts like conducting. Excuse me. Well, too bad. You get Danny Elfman in the live action one. Um, <laughs> but... Which actually, I, I liked the score he did for that one. I thought it was nice. Um, but but let me speak here. As, and maybe you'll agree with me on this, um, Andrew. As someone, these were adults talking about, and yes, E.B. White wrote this. Excuse me while I disagree with a dead man. Um, <laughs> these are, these are, these were adults, one of which had made the story, but they were adults who saw the story as adults in the animated form. I grew up with it as a child. I saw it with a through a child's eyes. I saw it. I saw it through a literally through a child's eyes, and the message that this film was trying to tell, the poignant poignantness of it and the sincerity of it came through absolutely crystal clear to a young person like me at the time, and. It's messages about death, about accepting that death is a thing that just happens, and that 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 message was there and wasn't something that I even feel was even slightly diluted in in this animated version of the movie. And the songs that the Sherman Brothers wrote for this film, I think, were delightful, and they were you know, maybe they were geared a little bit towards a younger person, but as I was re-watching this movie as an adult, I remembered every single one of these songs and was singing along with them. And I haven't watched this film in years. And it was like, that's how ingrained those songs were and how memorable the Sherman Brothers music was in this film. Oh, we've got lots in common where it really counts, where it really counts. We've got large amounts. What we look like doesn't count an ounce. We've got lots in common where it really counts. So that's my soapbox defense of this movie. I'm going to well, step down now. Also, also, <laughs> like this is a movie for like kids need to see this movie. So it needs to appeal to kids. Like that's who needs to see it because they're the ones who are going to take these messages and you know grow up with these messages in mind. But also, you know, keep in mind that book authors 
I understand why, you know, like, okay, there hasn't, there haven't been that many good adaptations of books into movies, but like also book authors are not filmmakers. They don't know, you know, they don't know what makes a good film. They know it makes a good story and that's part of it, but they're not filmmakers. And supposedly this was something that funnily enough, the Sherman brothers themselves, I guess, dealt with when, uh, through Mary Poppins, because the author of Mary Poppins, I mean, according to the uh saving mr banks you know it's like but the author of the of the original story didn't want there to be a bunch of peppy songs and mary poppins mm-hmm. um and yet would the film mary poppins be even close to as memorable without the music of the sherman brothers in that mm-hmm. movie you know right it's, i it's 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 a little surprising because they're not all peppy songs really oh, right. like there are no, quite a not. few very like into the dark quiet mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah yeah into the dark and charlotte's web those those two pieces leading into one another is very like haunting and and sad now is the hour when frogs and thrushes praise the world from the woods and rushes Sleep, my love, sleep, my only deep, in the dark. It almost makes me feel like they they heard maybe the first couple songs, and then uh, I almost feel like White didn't even watch the whole thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's it, it's like it's a little bit uh, interesting. Also, that some of that uh, reporting on White's opinions comes from the letters that we don't we don't have, which right. I think is probably also good to mention from a guy who didn't get to make his version. Yeah, in the letter he said, "I'm the best version <laughs> ever." I'm just That's saying. True. <laughs> um, but yeah, I remember I I had forgotten. Like, I'd forgotten what song Charlotte sang when she died, like at the very end with the last few refrains. So, like, oh. when that song first came up, I was like, oh, my God, this song is so beautiful. I want to play it at my funeral. And then she <laughs> sings it as she dies. And I'm like, no, no, I'm crying so much now. Mother Earth and Father Time. How very special. Are we for just a moment to be part of life's eternal rhyme? Totally, totally give me a cry, and then I start hugging my cat. I'm like, you're my Wilbur. I, I've got to say, as somebody who didn't watch this as a child or did and forgot, more likely, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I did feel like a lot of like the songs were kind of filler. I liked some of the songs, but it felt like, oh, this movie's like a half hour longer than it needs to be because of all True. the songs. But True. Well, um, and- but again, it's it's meant for, you know, children should be engrossed in this film and watch it because it's important that they get, you know, it's not for me. I don't I don't need this. I know about death. <laughs> I'm 35. <laughs> I, I know about death. <laughs> I would say, yeah. I would say maybe the most fillery ones are are I can talk and we've got lots in common mm-hmm. and um, Zuckerman's famous pig like those mm-hmm. are ones Zuckerman's that are Zuckerman's famous yeah. pig Zuckerman's famous pig I actually yeah, don't yeah. and I actually disagree with, with the notion that 
a, a veritable smorgasbord isn't um I, isn't a, an important one because in a way that one's like very it's like Templeton's moment to shine in, well, in the it was movie a, you know it was a weird song to me it felt like an unnecessary song but I love the visuals I was like oh, this right. is really cool looking it's one of the most creative it's like almost yeah. Fantasia-esque uh-huh. in some ways um, why did Templeton never get a spinoff because he's the greatest <laughs> character in film history and I don't know why uh, he never came back what kind of monkey shine is this yeah I, but I, I do agree with you in a way Sarah that it does feel they feel like songs that are interrupting what the story is but 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 they're really well written songs and that's the problem is it's almost like they interrupt but then it's like well but I but this is so much fun that it's kind of like you can't get too mad at the songs yeah they're not bad songs it just feels like they're extending the film it's like you know can we move forward but Again, I'm 35 and I'm like, I don't, I'm just like, oh, I'm tired. (laughs) (laughs) I I feel like the comparison to what we just watched also just like elevates this quite a bit. Because I'm living in that journey to Oz pain. Uh, And for this uh, movie, the only elephant noises were when I blew my nose. Don't mention elephant noises. (laughs) (laughs) Now you have to put them in. Was when I was crying. So I was like, the only elephant noises happened when I was crying. And I was like, blowing my nose. Yeah. Oh. There weren't any unnecessary like animal noises in this one. Oh, no, no, um, <laughs> there aren't. Um, and there we'll weren't never any bring, elephant noises. No, never somebody. bring them up again. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It took me so long to edit that episode. Anyway, uh, so, <laughs> but 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 um, I think where was I going with all this? I think the music in this is absolutely lovely to be honest and even though it is very like aimed at children um and i'll agree like there must be something more is maybe like a little saccharine and like just like there must be something more to this that it's just like all right we get it you like the pig (laughs) (laughs) look look i had four cats in front of me and i was just hugging them and i was being like yeah, I was singing that to them. Anyways, it was. Uh, I mean, is it? This hit me hard. Okay, this hit me hard. When we are close together, it's so plain to see. Together we are better than we used to be. I don't know how to say the things I'm thinking of, but there's something more I'm feeling. Can can I can I like did she care at all about the other pigs? No, no, I don't, <laughs> I, I don't think so. I think she was eating them the next morning. Can I be vegan for a minute? Yes, yes, here? go ahead. Yes. I'm curious your perspective. <laughs> I mean, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get on my vegan soapbox because like whatever, who cares? But like, you know, I because so I watched Babe first before right. I watched this because <laughs> I'm right. like I've been really wanting to rewatch Babe anyway and I saw it was on HBO and I was like this is a great movie and it's still great la 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 it's great I recommend everyone watch Babe if you haven't seen it in a while it's good uh, but both films are about a pig who doesn't want to die and it made mm-hmm. me really depressed to watch these two films back to back because they're both like they find out what their purpose is in life. And it's like their purpose is to be eaten. Mm-hmm. And yes, a lot of, like 
animals want to live, you know, like they know, you know, they know, like they want to live just like any other animal. And it's like really sad to watch this and, and also to see this like sow with all her piglets. And this kid is like, no, you can't kill this pig. And she takes one pig and she's like, I'm going to love this one. Like it's a, like it's a dog or a cat and all the rest are just still there. Like, what happened? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's I, I, I really do feel like that things like this have kind of, um, you know, infected my consciousness in such a way. Because, like, I'm vegetarian, not vegan. I should be vegan, but I'm vegetarian right now. Eventually, eventually, it's, it's, it's all a, good. It's all good. I'm, I'm getting getting there. I'm getting there. But, um, like, even even like if I see a spider, I like try to let the spider mm, outside mm-hmm. or like make sure it's okay doing its own thing. And like, it's like. This this weird thing of like where I think that this movie like incepted me into becoming like a big old soft boy because like <laughs> I I grew up around farms right like I was like technically like a small town kid but all of my extended grandpas and everything like that and uncles all had farms so I spent a bunch of time on farms and I was always the like I love the animals they're so nice <laughs> and they're like we must murder the animals it's a part of our it's a part of being an adult and I'm like well I don't want to I remember like I was in a, I was in the barn and I saw like a raccoon I was like daddy daddy look a raccoon and then he shot the raccoon <gasps> and I'm uh, forever scarred by that um but like it's one of those things where like you know being around a farm with this (laughs) this idea of how much life matters is just like very interesting i it it really kind of just the it, it really made me start to think about just like what it means to you know be alive what do you want to be your legacy when you die like it was it was weird because i was like I guess maybe this movie is just like unlocking a whole bunch of feelings that I've probably mm. been like holding on to for a little bit because it really just kind of started to click and and everything and, and like made me kind of think about my own life, think about mortality. Because like in this last year, like uh, for me especially, like death has become a lot more real, mm. right? Like it's just uh, I almost died this year. So then like, you know, it just gets to this point where I start to think about my own life and my own existence and like how I can be like better and what can I do? And I think one of the the things that like really, uh, you know, really got to the heart of me emotionally and like just threw me for a loop was when Charlotte was talking about like how messy it is to be a spider and like in like the one good thing, like if you can do anything good, it's like it's worthwhile. And then I was like, oh, my God, we're the spider. Everything we do is like very messy. Like the the whole thing of like being a human is it's like you have a messy existence, right? Like we're talking on computers. How do they make those computers? Mm, not in some great ways. And like there's a lot of things that we have to decompartmentalize and we have to like because of our own convenience and like how to be better and what do you want to leave? And I think, uh, this, this movie really goes to look like if your heart is in the right place and you can save one person, one animal, like, you know, you're, you're doing something, you're making life worthwhile. You're, you're trying. And like, I think, I think that that core idea was like really reassuring to me at least, you know, beautifully, uh, said, um, it's curious to me that, um, yeah, I do wonder how many people f- have had similar experience uh, because of Charlotte's Web and because of Babe combined. And it's funny mm-hmm. that it's uh, it is so essentially the same message um, being communicated across both. Although Babe has other things going. Yeah. Babe, Babe also has kind of a message about being 
um, you don't have to be the thing you were born to yeah. be. Like, right. Yeah. There's also that kind of with him becoming a sheep pig. Um, mm-hmm. But but it's still the whole message about life and the value of life is very present in both. And I do wonder if uh, because Babe was based on the sheep pig by Dick King Smith. Right. And that came out in. Um, let me see here. The sheep pig came out in 83. Um, oh, interesting. So that's still some decades after Charlotte's Web. And I, I do wonder if this was at all influenced um, the original novel that it was based on was possibly. Well, yeah. Sorry, I, go I ahead. Think there, I think there was actually, it was based on a true story, I thought. Oh, really? Uh, Did that I pig could then be... go to the city? That was not based on a real story, but uh, I think too that's too bad. Um, it is. Let's see. It is. A, uh, I'm looking this up. So just so people know, uh, the sheep pig is. So this was the book. Um, huh. Is it not based on a real story? I guess I thought it was. Uh, it's, you know, it's, funny text, is, it's textbook Fargo where it says like based on a true story and that it's not right. <laughs> well, you know, what's funny is Charlotte's Web was slightly based on a true story, but not oh, really? not regarding the pig. Magic um, spiders, magic spiders. <laughs> sort of, yes. sort of um, not magic. But um, I found this when I was going. Um, I found this on NPR.org. It was uh, how <laughs> I know. It's, why is it always funny to say like NPR? <laughs> no, because um, I just immediately started to imagine like, yes, today we were talking today about we... Charlotte and her. Web. You know that's she has how, a beautiful web. <laughs> that's how the because it has like the first six minutes of it are spoken aloud, and I I like listened to the audio and was like it was similar in that tone. Um, <laughs> but anyway, this is a book review of the book The Story of Charlotte's Web by Michael Sims, um, and this is an article reviewing that book, How E. B. White Spun Charlotte's Web, written by Maureen Corrigan. So she's she's reviewing this uh, this apparent story. But in it, um, it has this whole section here that tells that tells uh, how E.B. White had the idea for writing this original novel. One early fall morning in 1949, E.B. White walked into the barn of his farm in Maine and saw a spider web that in and itself was nothing new, but this web, with its elaborate loops and whorls that glistened in the early morning dew, caught his attention. Weeks passed until one cold October evening when he noticed that the spider was spinning what turned out to be an egg sack. White (gasps) never saw the spider again, and so, when he had to return later that fall to New York City to his job as a regular contributor to the New Yorker magazine, White took out a razor blade and cut the silken egg sack out of the web. He put the sack in an empty candy box, punched some holes in it, and absentmindedly put the box atop his bedroom bureau (gasps) in New York. (laughs) Weeks, Weeks later, a movement on the bureau alerted him to the fact that tiny spiderlings were making a great escape through the air holes. White was delighted at this affirmation of life and left the hundreds of barn spiderlings alone for the next week or so to spin webs from his hairbrush to his nail scissors to his mirror until finally the cleaning lady complained. Oh my God, that is a story. That's a um, story. And this article goes into a bunch of other interesting stuff about it, like kind of how like in the later years of his life, uh, he he um, kind of enjoyed having some of those things he'd written 
read to him so his son would like read some of the stories and he Aww. would forget he would forget what that he had written so it says here oh. white's own later estimation of his work is perhaps most touching in old age when he was suffering from alzheimer's white liked to have his own essays and books read to him sometimes white would ask who wrote what he was listening to wow. and his chief reader his son joe would tell him you did dad sims says white would think about this odd fact for a moment and sometimes huh. murmur not bad. I, I do that. Oh I, I do that sometimes with tweets that I wrote previously. <laughs> or you forget. I, yeah. It could be like a few weeks ago. I'm like, oh, that was good. Uh, you know, speaking of that, I'm amazed that they haven't done like a new Charlotte's Web where she's like, get a, yeah. you gotta get our social media, Wilbur. <laughs> we gotta get your right. follower count up. That's why I said I, the live action one's very Nickelodeon-y in it? tone, but it's also sort of restrained in other ways, which is like surprising because you look at it and you're like, feel like they would be trying to like jazz it up, you know, more more than they're doing. But they're actually surprisingly held back on certain parts of that movie. So I go that, ahead, Sarah. That's impressive. Wilbur, get yourself a TikTok. Oh, I forgot. <laughs> oh, there was no TikTok. What was I going to say? 2000. Oh, six, whatever that movie came up. I, there was barely Facebook. Jeez. Um, I do wonder if Charlotte's Web would ever be made these days, you know, like another, a different animated version, you know? I wrote something here about this. Uh, let me find it. Do, 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 do. Uh, it's your was... plan script. Please be your plan It's my script. plan. It's... <laughs> Wait, let me read. Because uh, we're going, we're going so out of order that mm-hmm. like all of my notes. Oh, I wrote here. <laughs> I wrote here, if they remade this movie now, it'd just be boring, gray, try-hard, dramatic bullshit. <laughs> oh my goodness, Dax. I don't know why. Are I don't you know okay? why. I don't know why I was in that mood when I wrote that. But I was just thinking about it. Are you the it. farmer from this movie? <laughs> but you know what I mean? Where it's like, the film feels like films aren't allowed to just be fun anymore in some ways. You yeah, know? And films it, about death aren't allowed to is. be fun anymore. <laughs> They're not. And what's wrong with that as a contrast? Like, that's... <laughs> They're supposed to, like, yeah, you're not supposed to have the entire film. That's what's funny. This is a film about death, but there's, like, a lot in it that is still very celebratory of life and being alive. And that's, like, the point is the contrast of those two things. And I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no. That's that's really interesting because w- when you think about it, like, what you're saying, I think the the scene that most emblem is most emblematic of that is when, like, one of the eggs is kind of stillborn and she just kind of gives it to Templeton. (laughs) And like, it's just like a a simple thing, but it's also like, oh, this is death. And then it's really kind of treated kind of lightly, but also like kind of seriously. And it's just like a weird, like this is just the factor of life kind of thing. Where like they, they do kind of have like a little comedic element to that scene, but it is still like a pretty horrific scene when you really think about it. Why didn't, uh, this one hatch. It's a dud, I guess. What are you gonna do with it? You can have it. Roll it away and add it to that nasty collection of yours. Be careful. A rotten egg can be a regular stink bomb. But it uh, does ultimately, weirdly, it saves Charlotte's life too. That's the funny yeah. thing about it. It's mm-hmm. like this weird 
small tragedy you know like sort of as like a beneficial effect Um, i feel like in your your dramatic gray version that would be really like they would mad world would start playing and be like everything would go like black and white they would uh they would sit solemnly about the egg for Uh, templeton would be cut out and replaced with like (laughs) i don't know some very serious owl or something (laughs) Ooh, Ooh. that sounds good Um, (laughs) But anyway, um, where were we? (laughs) Okay, so (laughs) there wasn't a a weird cut there at all. Um, (laughs) Dax, you're not supposed to mention it. (laughs) I'm going to. We didn't take a break for a second. All right. I am going. Can I mention I've had like some amount of wine? You can. Right, yeah, right that's as why I, I had to pee. Right as I was about to say that I'm going to get this uh, this train moving again. Oh yeah, move the train, move it. <laughs> don't let don't let Sarah move the train. Train. <laughs> yeah, I'm not allowed to drive right now. <laughs> I'm gonna. So, so, okay, I'm gonna go through this list of things that I've. Hey, written. it's Friday night. What? Wait. Oh wait, it's Thursday. It's Thursday. <laughs> But for you, it might as well be Friday. I took took some time off work. (laughs) So there's one thing I forgot to write here. I forgot to write. I forgot to write. I'm sorry. It's been a day. Uh, There's something I wrote here that I forgot to say. It's not. Anyway, I just, it was on the note of the Johnny Quest stuff. And I feel a bit like when Wilbur is running in this movie, he feels a little bit like um, Bandit or like... um, or like uh, Scooby Doo, like there's something about the animal locomotion oh. in this that reminded me of other instances of it of, in Hanna Barbera stuff. Oh, like yeah, when he's prancing, mm-hmm. kind of yeah, like well, or like when he's running around and it's like do 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 do. Anyway, he's busy doing dubstep. Is it when he's being radiant? When he's being radiant? Is that one? Yeah, I think so. Uh-huh. When he's being raped, well, it's like also I don't know. There's just no, there's a few moments when he's running around. So, uh, <laughs> budget. Could you find anything for budget on this movie? Well, I didn't look, so no. I didn't find anything for budget. Budget. There wasn't one. It doesn't exist. Nobody knows. Seriously, I didn't find it. I I think we've had this problem before with especially like made for TV. Well, this wasn't made. Was this made for TV? No, you said it premiered somewhere, but it was kind of made for TV. It was made for theaters. But well, what's funny is the version I watched, I think, is the TV version because it's in 4.3. And I think they just cropped it for theater. Fun fact, so you gave us the file for this, uh-huh. but I didn't watch the file because I don't have a thumb drive. And it was a whole thing where last night I was like, I don't I'm not gonna watch this uh-huh. if I have to figure this out. So I ended up paying four dollars to watch it on YouTube oh because I'm God. lazy. But anyway, it was one seven eight, sixteen nine, really? whatever you want to call it. Yeah, so I don't know what I watched, but it was the same movie. I just don't know did, like Did you notice any like cropping on the top and bottom? Nothing that's... seemed weird. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm not sure what the original because I'm not sure if the version on DVD that I have if it's an open mat or if mm-hmm. it's like the sides cut off. But I think it's an open mat. Yeah, I would this, assume so. This mm-hmm. sounds like some aspect ratio. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. Thank yeah. you for reminding me of the name of our that. recurrent segment. Um, <laughs> thank you, Andrew. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, I, but I don't know. It might have been that they like yeah. just made it TV safe when they made it because they yeah. knew they it would likely be more seen on yes. TV. So that's I what I imagine. I mm-hmm. didn't notice any issue. But when I did look at the trailer, because the trailer is on the DVD and the trailer's in like 16.9 or whatever it mm-hmm. is in the wider format. And it did to me look like stuff was being cropped. Um, but... If that's the version you're watching, maybe, you know, you don't know. Can you imagine just crops out all the, the messages? Like all of Charlotte's <laughs> messages are cropped. Oh, that'd be so funny. It just, it just <laughs> some, like everyone's losing their minds. Like, what's going on? Yeah, it's a big, like, what's going on? I like how some is still there, but some, for some reason, pig is cropped <laughs> yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, because, <laughs> because. Like Yoda in the. See, no, 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 because in my brain, the web is in the upper right corner. So logically, if it were cropped, it would be the pig part. If it were to the side of the frame and that oh, was a thing. I see. I so see visually, my brain was calculating that that would be the word that gets cut off. I, I was wasn't picturing just... it as like they cut out in the middle. <laughs> some weird black bar. Okay, can I can I bring something up here? Cause, sure, okay, I had, why not? I had, I had possibly never seen this film. Maybe I had seen it. I don't remember. But um, when Wilbur starts to talk, why does he sound like like a 38 year old man. I was going like, to say, this is something that the live action one does a little bit. Does it, is better. it like a child yes. actor? In the live action okay. one, it is a younger voice. Uh, hi, my name's Wilbur. Anyone want to play? Anyone? It's raining, you know. Because Wilbur is young. Like, I imagine he's only a few months old because, and not to like, again, whatever you know but (laughs) but but pigs are are i don't know if people know this and i'm not trying to be weird or whatever it's just like this is the truth pigs are generally slaughtered at six months of age Hmm. so this would be a baby pig and when he sounds like like a man yeah a little bit weird this is henry gibson is the voice of wilbur um and that's an old person's name yes i'd say i don't know what age he was at the time but yeah he, he definitely sounds like an older person and and I agree with you I do think that he probably should yeah. sound younger however mm-hmm. I do like Gibson's performance yeah I thought he was fine I just was thrown off I was like that's not what a little pig would sound like but <laughs> yeah also because, like, what, because... you go for retirement Wilbur like come on oh, I beg everyone's pardon I didn't mean to be objectionable and like because in in babe it's uh it's Christine Cavanaugh, right? Yes, and she's, it is. She's great. Like yes. I feel like that's what I think, and maybe that's why, because I had watched Babe right before that. But I was like, that's what a little pig would sound like. Not as stupid as sheep, mind you, but pigs are definitely stupid. Excuse me. No, we're not. Good heavens! Who are you? I'm a large white. Yes, that's your breed, dear. What's your name? I don't know. Yeah, I wrote I wrote a little bit here about uh, Christine Cavanaugh. Um, yeah. She was the voice of Chucky Finster in Rugrats. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, she was Bunny Rabot from the Sonic the Hedgehog Sad Am cartoon. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was Goslin Mallard in Darkwing Duck. Um, and she, most notably, she was the original mm-hmm. voice of Dexter in Dexter's yeah. Laboratory. Um, she retired from voice acting in 2011 and eventually passed away at the age of 51 in 2014 wow. of undisclosed causes. Yeah. People, we have, I have no idea. Nobody yeah. knows why she died. And uh, it's really sad because or why yeah. she retired either. Because that's the right. other thing is like looking at it, it's like, oh my God, you were some pretty significant roles. Um, and uh, she, uh, she had turned down the sequel to Babe. 
Um, mm-hmm. And so instead, Babe was voiced by E.G. Daly. Yeah, who's the voice of Tommy from Rugrats. Exactly, a fellow Rugrats yeah. voice actor. <laughs> and um, Daly is also the original voice of Buttercup from the Powerpuff Girls. Oh, right, 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 right. Um, but, so none of that has to do with Charlotte, so this is all Babe but, yeah. related. But but I agree with you that Christine Cavanaugh has like a very endearing voice for Babe. Yeah. And it, it almost is like, of all the pig movies, um, that one works the best. And mm. and uh, that's the see the problem with the live action um, Charlotte's Web is that it's almost too annoying um, at times, even though it's very sweet. I, I let me see if I can find it because there's a funny quote about this um, about the yeah, live who, action one. What what is the voice in the live action one? Is it more like Christine Kavanaugh or is it more like no? It old, just sounds more know. like a child. Was that okay. Ebert alive to review the? the, the <laughs> yeah, I it probably was. I don't know. It says Dominic Scott K uh, was Wilbur in the live action one, but here's a funny here's a review that somebody did. Um, Andrew of the Manx. This is off Wikipedia in the critical response section. Andrew of Manx Independent gave the film a score of six out of ten, saying that the main problem was the ultra cute characterization of Wilbur, resulting in half the audience rooting for his demise. Although overall, <laughs> it was a competent retelling of a classic story that won't offend. That was, <laughs> but I thought that was kind of funny. It was like, yeah, the, Wilbur's like cute, and that's kind of the extent of his character is that he's sweet. And he's cute in that movie. In this one, even though he sounds older, he at least has more um, melody if, yeah. to his voice. And like, because there are lines in this I remember where he says, like, especially in um, Chin Up, where it's like, she says, salutations. He's like, Salua, salutations. What are they? And who are you? Like, it's yeah. kind of like the way he's saying it is very singy at times. Yeah. That's true. Oh my god, I didn't really I'm looking up the live action one. Julia Roberts was the spider. Yes, Steve the Buscemi of... is the rap. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah, I, I thought the casting in the live action one actually worked really well. Um and, and... it appears that uh Roger Ebert refused to review it because there's no Roger Ebert reviews. Yeah, so. I was <laughs> Oh, okay. I thought it was like you were gonna say because he had some vendetta against <laughs> like he some remake, pigs. no me. Um but on that note, since we're talking about the voices of all these, we should talk about the voices in, in this film. Yeah. Um, and, uh, well, let's start with Charlotte. Do you want a friend? Yes. I want a friend. But I want to live, too. Well, chin up. I'll be your friend, and I'll try to save your life. I've been watching you, and I like you. Charlotte A. Cavatica. She's great. Uh, um, which, uh, by the way, the name, the full name of Charlotte, is in reference to Arrhenius Cavaticus, the scientific name for a barn spider. Um, oh, of course. Uh, obviously. And uh, <laughs> and and one of Charlotte's children at the very end uh, actually also names herself Arania after her mom's middle initial and in reference to... Arrhenius Cavaticus. So I thought that was a bit random because they never mentioned what it's like. She had a middle name in the movie. I was like, okay. Well, she just right, that's when your word for it. Well, no, that's when no. She says it when she introduces herself. She says she? Charlotte A. Cavatica. She doesn't. Oh, she doesn't but she say doesn't say what it is. Why would her child who didn't know her ever and just was born? What was my mother? It, was is a, it is a. It is a specific ask. It's the like, entire naming convention of those spiders. I was into it yeah. because it was very weird. Because like 
I thought it was like, oh, what is it going to be like? Webby, eight legs, and <laughs> webby. a bunch of eyes. Like, is I that love what those names. names. That's yeah, great. No, no, not the names they came up with. Yours. Those <laughs> <were> great. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I remember old bunch webby. of eyes. It was so sweet. <laughs> no, because like Joy made sense. I was like, okay, he named her Joy. And then, okay, that spider, I don't know how she knew. What was the third spider's name? Oh, something like very old. Like you're like, is uh, almost, I want to say Dolly, but I don't think it was. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> what was her name? I can't remember. Uh, <laughs> See, I, I've lost knows where we it are. It didn't make sense. Charlotte's three children. Charlotte's <laughs> web. Hold on. Charlotte's web children. Charlotte's web children. I'm looking it up. Nelly is the one we're missing. Nelly is the one we're missing. Nelly. Nelly. Whoa, yep. Nelly. Yep. Oh, Nelly. Whoa, Whoa Nelly. Nelly. <laughs> does, does that make anyone else think of Earthworm Jim? Oh, no, it makes me think of. Um, wasn't there a singer named Nelly? Nelly Furtado? No, wasn't didn't Nelly do that song about how it's hot in here and you have to take off your clothes? Is, was it that Nelly Furtado? No. <laughs> no <laughs> not Nelly Furtado. Hot in you here. You let me know when we can get back to Charlotte's <laughs> Web and I will I'll song, check back in. The we name are... of the song Hot in Here with two R's was by Nelly. And he talks about how it's hot in here, so you take off all your clothes. That's the whole song. Look, Dax, anyway, we are playing Dax. the new modern remake of Charlotte's Web. Okay? Charlotte's this actually is pitch meeting. Charlotte A. Cavatica, voiced by Debbie Reynolds, who apparently told Barbara she would be willing to voice the project even without pay. Um, oh, initially, wow. don't I, ever, don't ever tell her. I don't, that. Yeah, I don't do think, that. I don't think she wasn't paid, but I think that was just how much she wanted to do it. Um, yeah, I know, but you never, don't ever. This yeah. is a tip, <laughs> is a tip for everyone that. to never say that to anyone. Um, but I think you want to talk about perfect casting as, as far as a version of Charlotte that has to sing. I love this take on her and I love the, like, mm, mm-hmm. I love that the, the sort of country singer esque quality that's brought to it at times when she say it's like, there's something very sweet to it and very sincere. And, um, it's funny because, so I, I took a look back at, um, a, a documentary that I had mentioned before, which is the boys, which is the Sherman Brothers story. Yeah. Um, and we talked, I brought this up last time. I'm holding a copy in my hand. Um, oh, yes, that I brought, we can all see. Well, I, <laughs> I did put a photo of it in that photo folder that, that you oh. have access to. Um, but, but I know, I'm looking at it. But this DVD, <laughs> this, this is a wonderful documentary that I really recommend checking out if you're ever interested in the history of the Sherman Brothers. Um, and it will, it will enlighten you to many things. Like, you're going to like, oh, they wrote that? like numerous Wait, times question um, you you brought this up on a different episode which one uh the disney days one because we uh, talked about so many movies that had their music in it when we gotcha. were talking about movies that don bluth had been an animator on um so there is that kind of a mm-hmm. <laughs> sort of second twice third removed connection um but uh but yeah like in it, it has a moment with Debbie Reynolds when they're going over parts of Charlotte's Web. And uh, Debbie said that whenever she traveled the world, the thing she was asked to autograph the most was the album of Charlotte's Web. Oh, and oh I, think, I want that album. I think she she was my favorite voice actor uh, of all of them. I think so. I think she's the best, even more so than Templeton, I would say. like yeah. she's She is very like perfect mm-hmm. tone, tonally 
she communicates someone who's sweet, but also couldn't be harsh um, as far as like she's eating bugs and things like that. Yeah. But um, and she's accepting of her lot in life and she's ultimately very selfless in the acts that she does to try and help Wilbur. Um, yeah. But uh, but I just think also like it's amazing the range of her singing where she can be very peppy and upbeat in the like chin up, chin up, put a little laughter in your blood. Um, <laughs> I just started dancing. No one can see that. There's no pictures of me dancing. So it's just me dancing. Chin up, chin up, put a little laughter in your eyes. Brave it, save it, even though you're feeling otherwise. Rise up, wise up, make a little smile begin. You'll be happy hearted once you get it started up with your chinny chin chin. I have a question for you, Dax. Oh, yeah. I have yes, a very important ahead. question for you. It is that a licensed Charlotte's Web pig in this in these photos? Is this some, <laughs> is, or is this some fake pig that just showed up? You no, know, no, you know what's funny is I put that in there. That is a plush I have of, oh. Do you do you recognize uh who it is, Sarah? Uh oh oh my god it's from Gravity Falls. Yep. Oh, it's a what's it's Waddles. How did Waddles. I forget about Waddles? It's a Hello. plush. It's a plush of Waddles, and um, I actually found an article on. This is yet another tangent. How off brand? Uh, this what? is another. <laughs> I found an article that talked about how uh, there was somebody who had watched Babe, and they were making comments on, it, and one of the points they were like brought up was that Waddles is in reference to Babe because. They're Ooh. at a fair, and the way that uh, yeah. the, that he gets Babe in the movie is he has to guess his weight, and that's what Mabel has to do for old fifteen pounder, um, right. or old fifteen pound. Guess the weight of old fifteen poundy. Uh, fifteen Ooh. pounds. You some kind of psychic. Um, so so it's funny because. I wonder if Babe was ever influenced by Charlotte's Web and then Gravity Falls was influenced by Babe. There's a continuity of pigness about all of this. Um, But anyway, that's... Welcome to the pig cast. (laughs) It is Babe... Why are oh we God, doing that? Why cast. don't you? Why don't you? Okay, beef here with Sarah and Steven. Is that you always, you always have Uh-oh. us do these weird, weird theme songs for the April Fools episodes? They're getting hey, weirder and more esoteric. I, I we had to do turtles this last time. I I didn't come up with turtles. A great episode, by the way. Uh, but. You know, I told Steven, you guys had mentioned birds. I was like, birds would be cool, right? But it's like, we don't know anyone who has birds. Do you think we'd be friends with bird people? Like, what? I am a bird I love person. birds. I love I birds. Bird but bird person. people, bird people are, are interesting people. I love birds. Uh, you know, look, Dax, next yes. next year they're going to make it super easy for you. It's going to be the Loch Nessie cast. The Nessie cast. You can, I'm sure it'd be really easy to recreate the sound. They're just getting more and more esoteric. Just give us like, if you give us I, pig cast, we can be like. I did say I that. wanted to do. I feel like I, I should not be here for this conversation. I did say I wanted to do the cow cast because that moo, would be fun moo, too. Moo, moo. Yeah, See, the all moo are cast, doable. The no, cast. do turtles. Do turtles. <laughs> Turtles for it. That's all on Steven. That's all on Steven. Uh, anyway, I, sorry. I can't wait for the tap dancing mice cast or the, the chest burst cast or yeah. the xenomorphs are brought into the xenocast. The, the xenocast. It's just screaming. <laughs> well, in, in, about in space, no one hears you scream, so it doesn't matter. So just be um, silent. Yeah. It's like xenomorphs of Sarah and Steven that like, popped out and we're like, we're hosting a podcast now. So Waddles, the pig. <laughs> 
If we're what, not talking what, about um, Waddles the pig. Wait, to answer wanna... your question, Andrew, yes, Waddles is not Babe or um, Wilbur, but it is somewhat related I, somehow. I do have something related to to this. Well, I don't know. It's not really, I guess, but... <laughs> I no. want the audience to know I had notes for this episode. I had a list of things I was well, going to go through. I want I- the audience to know that I had I bought wine at the grocery store. <laughs> so, you know, and I, and I want the audience to know I have no excuse, and this is just me. No, but but we we were we were talking about like pig movies in general, and I think it's interesting that no 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 I do think it's interesting that. You know, you had Babe, you have, I mean, Charlotte's Web was a couple of decades earlier. Like, Gordy came out really close to Babe, I think because Babe was so successful. What, what year was Gordy? Uh, 94, um, I believe? Or maybe it was And, not, and Babe was when? Early 90s? Well, Gordy was 94. Am I, is this the right? Yeah, this is, yep. this is definitely a pig movie. Gordy. <laughs> yeah, he's got a, he's got a tie on. That's a classy pig. Well, yeah, no. and Babe. Oh, Babe, Babe is ninety-five. Whoa, Gordy was Babe. ninety-four. <laughs> Babe is a ripoff of Gordy. Well, we found the truth. We we don't know when Babe. If Babe, Babe might have been made earlier and took longer. If anything, that sometimes happens. If anything, Gordy the has live, sunglasses though. He's the cool one. If anything, the live-action Charlotte's Web was trying to ape off the success a decade later. Wow. Wait, <laughs> like has eleven it, have, years later. Have any of us? Have any of us seen Gordy? No. I I remember I saw it once. After a wedding, because um, me and my entire family, it was like my aunt got married. So we all were in like this little like hotel room <laughs> watching this on a box TV. And I just uh, I think I just I was like uh, a teenager. And I think I just tried to like, ah, look at me. I, I'm I'm Crow T Robot. Let me let me give you some riffs. This is Mystery Science Theater. And uh, it's, it's, a, it's an embarrassing memory. Meet America's newest hero. If a pig can make it, anyone can. Sickening. Companies want him. You're signed Gordy to a lifetime contract. <laughs> Audiences love him. Well, I bet his IQ is as high as mine. But only children. I could have sworn I heard you say something. Can hear him. That's right, you did. <laughs> um, but I was gonna say that I don't think pig movies are as common these days. Like no, I don't remember the no. last pig movie I saw. So I'm wondering, like, okay, in the '90s there were at least two pig movies. I I don't know if there were more. But I'm wondering what caused this like pig renaissance, you know? Like... I don't know if Babe and Babe 2, Pig in the City, and <laughs> from from the director of uh, Mad Max Fury Road, I might add. Wait, Babe 2? Babe 2, George Miller. Oh, okay. Wasn't Babe, uh, Babe was and, nominated. And George Miller is the producer on the first one, I believe. And I should mention, Babe was nominated for Best Picture at the Academy Awards. I feel like a lot of people don't know that. Yeah. But it was nominated for Best Picture, Best Director. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I just wonder what was going on in the 90s where people are like pigs. That's what that's what's going on. <laughs> yeah, I wonder. Okja. Okja is technically a big pig movie. Oh, so. is that really oh, a pig? Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's supposed to be a pig. Or like kind of like a hippopotamus, but they eat them like pigs. And that's <laughs> but about, Okja's a, about Okja. factory farming, though. But Okja's 2017. Huh. What year even is it? What year even is it? Peppa Pig? You say we're talking about stuff? the 90s. No, but I think oh, he's saying sorry. that like, there are pig movies now, <laughs> yeah, I was such as to, this yeah, one. That's what I was trying to go for. Why, sorry. I, did the pig movies ever go away is the real question here. And I don't think they did. I think the pig movies have been with us 
the whole do they the have real they? pig movies are the well, I'm, i guess i'm wondering is like you know when people saw babe and they saw i guess gordy I don't, people don't watch gordy but i mean when people saw babe did this kind of set, start a wave of like people not eating meat and it's like i wonder if people you know and and dax you were saying and dax and andrew you were saying that you saw charlotte's web when you were kids i'm you know even though it's from the 70s this is obviously a film that people and and a book that people read mm. when they were our age it's like did this cause a lot of people to become vegetarian well, you know what's funny is um it definitely caused i it definitely made me more aware of animals and how animals are treated and i think for a long time this is something that i like personally had dealt with and um if I might say it actually was kind of because of you, Sarah, that I started leaning more into being vegetarian. Um, and uh, but I definitely think like these things, things like this movie had an impact of being like, hey, you know, these are living things that don't want to die. And uh, and yeah, I would say it, it had an impact. And I definitely eat, you know, every so often I am still eating fish or things like that. But it's for the most part, I really don't eat like beef or pork or things like that or chicken anymore um and have tried to exercise it from my diet as much as possible um so it may have taken a while for me but i think in the long run that this movie did have an effect because it's funny i remember back in at uc santa barbara was it i can't remember if it was might have been one of sarkar's classes um Ah! <laughs> Good old Sarkar. This uh, is for very few people. This is very, very this, few gauchos. Like, you guys listening. know Sarkar. <laughs> Professor Sarkar. Shout outs to Sarkar. Yeah. Um, but uh, I don't remember what class it was, but I, uh, he had asked, like, how many, he was like, how many of you uh, eat meat? And people raise their hands. How many of you are vegetarians? And then it said, like, how many of you think about um you know, animals when you're eat like how many of you think about the fact that you're eating an animal hmm. when you eat it? And I remember raising my hand and he went, you're all uh, already <laughs> over halfway to being vegetarians. Huh. And I, yeah. that always kind of stayed with me. It was like, like he was saying, the fact that you think about it is proof that you might lean that way mm. at some point. Right. I think, I think things like Charlotte's Web and especially the Simpsons episode. Like, I mm. think like, because there's that Simpsons episode where with Lisa, Lisa goes. Lisa, with Paul McCartney. And the worm that sounds like a, a sheep. Yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> but I just like I just remember like they're all sitting there eating, eating lamb. Right. And then she like keeps thinking back to the animals yeah. and like she keeps thinking of the baby lamb and like that image again is one of those things that got like seared into my little little baby brain right. and uh now i couldn't i couldn't really remove it like i'm like oh i'm i'm eating oh i'm eating a bowl with a baby pig i can't do it <laughs> and it's like that moment too where they they're saying like all the different types of meat and then they say and hot dogs and it shows like the butts <laughs> yeah. of all the different animals raccoons and like <laughs> <laughs> And those all go into the hot dog. Yeah, um, it's true. But it, yeah, but I think like one of the most interesting things about Charlotte's Web is like, especially if you like grew up on it and like kind of trying to track your own relationship with some of these more complex ideas. And it just goes to show that like, you know, I mean, it's probably obvious because we talk about movies all the time for podcasts, but uh, what you watch, especially when you watch things young, it really does have an effect on you in a, in a really poignant way. Because I, I do think that a lot of the ideals 
of this movie and about the like the value of human life has kind of really been kind of entrenched in how I try to live my life. But like mm. Charlotte said, it's messy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, are we done talking about Babe? <laughs> well, we're never done talking we're about never Babe. Done, done with but... babe. <laughs> it's a great movie. Ma, you. But yes, Ma, yes. Ma, you. you may move on to your next point. <laughs> move to next point. <laughs> no. Um, Oh, I don't even remember where we... You know what's funny? I never finished the budget thing that I was trying to bring Oh, up. did you find the budget or no? <laughs> no, but I... <laughs> so what can no, you finish? No, because I wanted to talk about the... Not the budget, but the um, the box office numbers, oh, which is... Okay. Uh, I was saying that I don't know what the budget was, but uh, according to IMDb, the box office for Charlotte's Web, the animated one, was... was uh, it says on IMDb it was 5232000 Ooh. That's not much. But on Wikipedia, it says 2.4 million parentheses oh. rentals and parentheses, huh. which are very different numbers and yeah. um, parameters. And uh, apparently this film did well on VHS. In fact, had a second life when it was eventually released on VHS. And that's how mm. I saw it was on VHS. And I can imagine. Yeah, that would same. be more more of its audience and i have a copy of my vhs here of charlotte's web and i put in those photos because we're recording separately so i have to yes we are the things i would put on a table for us to all see are are all Mm -hmm. in photos but uh on the back of the vhs it says eb white's perennial best-selling novel is translated to the screen in animated musical splendor the classic story described by author white as a tale of friendship and salvation a story of miracles the miracle of birth the miracle of friendship the miracle of death features the voices of debbie reynolds as charlotte paul lind as templeton the rat agnes moorhead as the stuttering goose and henry gibson as wilbur the pig um, I uh, I appreciate that the cover for the 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 movie is much has... better on the VHS. I'm sorry. Yes. Yeah. Uh, one yeah. that's like undeniable. Um, <laughs> two, um, it's because Templeton is featured prominently, and in the other VHS, uh-huh. you don't even see Templeton. And uh, oh no, I think you do, but like he's like really like really s- small. But like Templeton is like riding off of, on on uh, Wilbur. Yeah, he's on top of Wilbur, and he's just like, yeah, I'm the real star of this movie. <laughs> Watch me eat gross things. <laughs> it well, kind also, of is. like in terms of just like I mean, maybe Dax, you can illuminate some of this from an art perspective, but. Speaking of perspective, like I think that's why this VHS, like, doesn't it have like a oh, like yeah, a that, perspective that farm thing? is wonky. Well, no, 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 but I mean, like, it's kind of doing this perspective thing where it goes to this little point in the center, and that's where the spider is. You know? Oh, you mean on the VHS? Yeah, I was yeah, gonna yeah, say on the VHS. Uh, the one. DVD cover oh, that I have is yeah. like it's it's horrendous, but yeah. also it says full screen collection on it. So yeah. you might have it, this might have just been in that early era where some people were like, "We we don't want to see the black bars, right. banish them." But I and, uh, I do wonder I many arguments about people like that in high school mm-hmm. where I was just like, "No." But again, I do wonder if this is uh, open mat or if it is right. cropped in any way. So sometimes huh. full screen versions are actually just open mat, and you're actually seeing more picture. Or, or right. is it cropped from the sixteen nine version, which might be cropped from a, an open mat version? Ah! We don't know. Oh my <laughs> goodness! But to, but to what you're saying, Sarah, like the cover of the VHS one, which I think was like the poster and main promotional image that they had. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's like the spider web itself is creating convergent lines towards Charlotte, who is. Yeah. Sitting 
sitting on it. And and the characters are also going back to this point as well. Yeah, it's really clever because it's like an open book and all the characters are stepping out of the book. And in the background of the sky is where the web is. And then you can see the fair behind, like in the background as well. And yeah, it's a very well done image. Um, And I kind of wish the whole movie... That's the thing. You pause yeah. any frame of this movie and it's like, oh, that looks nice. And then sometimes when you see it moving, you're like, oh, <laughs> I wish it moved a little better. But yeah. th- some of the design I like. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah, I think, and what, again, another thing that's interesting, um, I don't want to like completely derail, but like the difference in the description on like the VHS and the DVD description mm-hmm. like of the back of it is is very interesting because the DVD version just doesn't mention death. Well, like how, yeah. <laughs> Let me read what the DVD one says. Miracles do happen. E.B. White's timeless children's story comes to life in this colorful animated musical. You'll laugh and sing along as Charlotte the spider teaches Wilbur the pig, Templeton the rat, and the other barnyard animals a lesson on friendship, trust, and love. And they omitted an Oxford comma. Um, <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> and they omitted the word death. <laughs> <laughs> Just like uh, completely, right? Like it's, yeah, re- it's uh, re- it'd be twice the, if I were buying this. Twice they yeah. omitted an Oxford comma here. Anyway, sorry, go re- ahead. Read the VHS one. Because it's did. different. Oh, we did? Yeah, we did. All right. I remember. <laughs> Welcome to non blue where we're talking about Charlotte's Web. <laughs> Welcome to Webcast, the new uh, percast parody. About oh, the webcast. internet. Wait, what? No. Wait, we're talking about spiders. Charlotte's Web? Okay. What um, are we going to do when you make us do one about spiders? That's what I like to... This is such, this is such an off-mic conversation. Anyway. The Webcast. So. I'm going to remember that for the spider episode. Oh, okay. Well, can we can we also address the, the, the drawing that you did, Dax? I I feel like we need oh. to bring that up. Yeah. Well, let's. I'll bring it back to Debbie Reynolds for a second. Um, yeah. So, for those who don't know, uh, Debbie Reynolds is the mother of Carrie Fisher. Um, oh, I didn't remember that. Yeah, I'm sure and, I knew that at some point, but I forgot. And as I mean, uh, God, what I'm like, it was just a few years ago, but I'm forgetting like the the dates here. So, um, to God, it was 2016. That, that she Carrie, died? That Carrie Fisher died? Yeah. What? Yeah. It feels Wait. like a lot sooner than that. I know. It oh feels like it wasn't that long ago. Um, but, Time. Oy. But anyway, um, it's so sad because for, I guess if people don't know the story, but I, I don't know how you wouldn't, is that uh, you know, Carrie Fisher passed away uh, December 27th of 2016. Mm. Um, and uh, well, let me see if I can find any any kind of uh okay so on on january 9th 2017 the los angeles county department of public health issued a death certificate that stated cardiac arrest slash deferred as the cause of death Mm. um and uh in june 16th 2017 news release the los angeles county coroner's office said that the exact cause of death could not be determined but that but sleep apnea and the buildup of fatty tissue in the walls of arteries were among contributing factors. Uh, yeah, so she passed away. And the very next day, um, Debbie Reynolds died as well. Oh, right. Oh, um, God. And if, see if I can find the line, because it is very heartbreaking. Um, 
it says here in December 23rd, 2016, Reynolds' daughter, actress and writer Carrie Fisher suffered a medical emergency on transatlantic flight from London to Los Angeles and died on December 27th at the age of 60. The following day, December 28th, Reynolds was taken by ambulance to Cedars Sinai Medical Center in Los Angeles after suffering a severe stroke, according to her son. Later that afternoon, Reynolds was pronounced dead in the hospital. She was 84 years old. On January 9th, 2017, her cause of death was determined to be intracerebral hemorrhage with hypertension, a contributing factor. Todd Fisher later said that Reynolds had been seriously affected by her daughter's death and that her grief was partially responsible for her stroke, noting that his mother had stated, I want to be with Carrie shortly before oh she God. died. Oh, wow. wow. Yikes. Um, I mean, very, very apt stuff to talk about for, for this movie, but oh, that's yeah. yeah. So just to set that set this up, um, I remember... When Carrie Fisher died, I did a picture. I didn't include in here, but I did a picture of her as uh, as Leia Organa in in uh, in the newer sequel attire, um, and I did it kind of based on a drawing that Miyazaki had once done for Nausicaa, because it was seemed seemed to me like there was a similarity in in tone of character between the two, and so I had done a drawing of of uh, Carrie Fisher, and then. After Debbie Reynolds died, I kind of was like, I was struck just to do another one. And I I did one of, uh, for me, the most memorable thing for her was being the voice of Charlotte. Um, so I took the quote here, which is a quote from the book as well, as, as well as the movie. But it's when Charlotte says, you have been my friend. That in itself is a tremendous thing. After all, what's a life anyway? We're born, we live a little while, we die. Um, and just did a my own drawing of uh, Charlotte sitting up on the beam. Um, That's uh, beautiful. And I just said it as my desktop background. Oh, I like it so much. I, and I know I normally don't try to bring up my art in the context of any of these podcast episodes, but you should though. You should more. Well, you should. It's not, it's not usually relevant to what we're this talking about. But, very this, relevant. but this for me was like, yeah, I, I remember doing this because I was so kind of sad by the fact that Debbie Reynolds as well had passed away. And just that, like, you know, two marvelous human beings suddenly gone and um, was thinking back on this message from Charlotte's Web about about this happening. And in a similar way to if I can connect it with the fact that we usually talk about Don Bluth films is that I think like in Don Bluth movies, they go over, you know, we've talked about how the importance of having darker things and having the feeling that that things like this do happen and and that it's important to not um, protect children from understanding these concepts, and and similar to what like the Grimm's fairy tales would do in a way, but um, that in the same way that I think Charlotte's Web sits in that same category of like, yeah, a lot of this is very happy-go-lucky, but um, you know, you do have to accept this, and you do have to accept that unfortunately these things happen, and um, and. And yeah, I don't know. I don't know if there's and what else I can say about it, but um mm. that that I don't know anyone who's seen or read Charlotte's Web and not been moved by this whole premise of someone and that's another thing is you realize that Charlotte's life has been so brief um but she spent it trying to save someone else's. Yeah. It's like mm. she didn't have to do that and yet she decided to do something um noble. Um, 
Anyway, <laughs> she the- did, she did a lot of work too. It's like it must have taken her a long time to write those words. <laughs> she gave up a meal. She yeah, caught, she does. <laughs> she caught something in her web and then she gave it up for Wilbur. Now that's love. Because he was yeah. sad. It's like mm-hmm. I could have used that nourishment, and it's in a, <laughs> in a way, it's like well, we're being kind of selfish, um, and yet. Yeah, I don't know. That's why I think like it's it's just such an amazing character, and you can, can attribute that to the original book. Um, you can attribute it to her performance here as well. And yeah, it's kind of sad because you see her go from the like spunky chin up, chin up. Uh, uh, what is it? What I'm like? I'm like forgetting the line. Hold on, I'm gonna bring up the lyrics to chin up. Here. Put a little twinkle in your eye. Because they're really they're really funny lyrics. Um, <laughs> Let me see. Uh, chin up, chin up. Everybody loves a happy face. Wear oh, wow. it, share it. It'll brighten up the darkest place. Twinkle, sparkle, let a little sunshine in. You'll be on the right side looking at the bright side up with your chinny chin chin. Um, and then that's I actually... was completely wrong. Uh, <laughs> well, no, there's other there's other parts to it as well. But um, uh, there's. I want to say something about this that, that musically I like the part where um, during the bridge when he finally sees where she is, um, it's like look in the doorway, and then she goes into the it's kind of like chin down, you can't keep frowning, turn around, start in clowning, think sad, your troubles double, think glad the burst like bubbles, chin up, chin up, every little time your spirits wilt, chin up, chin up, give your attitude an upward tilt, twinkle. Sparkle, let a little fun begin. You'll be on the right side, looking at the bright side, up with your chinny chin, chin up. <laughs> and I love, I love the ending to that song because it's like you think it's just going to end with the resolve, um, and it just takes that moment to be like, you know, twist it back into the, you know what I mean? Because you think it's going to end on chinny chin chin, and then chin up. Anyway. Um, I was clapping, but I don't think you could hear it because it was below where the microphone oh, was. So <laughs> I was clapping, though, in case anyone was Oh, wondering. yay. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it goes from like that. And then you go to these like um, more, uh, again, like kind of more haunting pieces, like her singing Deep in the Dark and then mm-hmm. the uh, Mother Nature and Father Time. And it, it's like even the very last thing she's singing, she's so frail and her voice is just so close to being gone. And it's like it really that that performance does kind of make it that much sadder in a way that this person, this person, the spider who had so much vitality is, uh, you know, susceptible to an end like all creatures are. Um Anyway, that's death. That's what we're talking about. <laughs> Isn't this a happy episode? I'm sorry. Go yeah. ahead. <laughs> it's, it's it is so it is so funny because like a lot of this movie is is happy because it's the the death is sad because it's a celebration of life in a way, and I think that's like one of the things like where I mean. Uh, in, in a lot of ways, like we do a lot to distance ourselves from death and we do a lot of stuff to kind of treat it with less uh, severity and less weight. Like, I mean, like watch any action movie or like just reading a statistic is just a bunch of numbers. Right. And mm. it's uh, it's 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 very interesting how uh, we do have so few things that really really kind of try to deal with it frankly and that's one of the things that i really really appreciate about uh about this movie hmm 
And then there's Templeton. <laughs> <laughs> well, of course, Templeton is all. Like, Templeton is the treat yourself king. Like that's he's 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 like you know. Anytime uh, someone is like, you need to you need to look after yourself, do some self care, and I'm like, heck yeah, let take me to the bottom of a fair. <laughs> I just want to say, Templeton. I, like normally, this is a very silly pet peeve. I normally I have a big pet peeve whenever a show or a film or series of any kind has a character where their personality is they like to eat. It drives me nuts because that isn't a personality. Wait, who but, else? But I'm not even gonna go. Like that's a thing in like so many <laughs> cartoons. It's like, oh, you know, flumpa dumpa mumpy d Joe. You got it. They gotta like to eat example. all the Wait. time, and they just pans over, and it's like they've got like a drumstick in their mouth, and they're like shoving I, popcorn. And it's I like, know this is a thing, but I can't think of who this could be. <laughs> give us one example. Just like, no, just one. I don't want to give it the dignity. <laughs> I, can't I don't want to give this. it the dignity. I don't want to give it the dignity of being acknowledged, but I uh, no because we're already on five wait, like, million like tangents. Pumba, Pumba. Uh, it's like sort of. I'm trying to think of like a bad one that that like yeah. because I that's think the Pumba's problem. Flatulence They're... is what defines right, 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 right. But it's not a. That's the reason I can't remember it because I don't ever remember yeah. characters like that. I don't right, right, like right. them because it's like okay. that's not a tr- that's not a personality. It's like a okay. poor excuse. For a personality where it's like, oh, they like to eat. I, I don't know. Anyway, yeah, yeah, so it drives yeah. me nuts. Templeton is the one character where I make an exception for this because <laughs> it is just so like the performance is so flamboyant, wonderful, over the top, voiced by Paul Lind, uh, who we talked about as uh, Pumpkinhead last time in Journey Back to Oz. Oh, yeah. I hate being a witch's helper. I don't mind stirring the magic potions or saddling or broomstick. But when it comes to feeding the spiders and dusting the toads. <laughs> but our criticism of him in, in Journey Back to Oz is he's very like, what will we do? And it's like, <laughs> it's not, that's not a good character for him to be doing. And and um, But what's funny here is Templeton originally wasn't voiced by Paul Lynn. Um, Linda, duh, got a, that D at the end. But uh, Tony Randall who had actually finished recording all of the lines. And uh, this is another thing off Wikipedia. Um, but it was uh, co-director Iwa Takamoto wrote about Tony in his book, Iwa Takamoto, My Life with a Thousand Characters, uh, that Tony's readings, quote, just went flat, which surprised all of us. Oh. Tony's delivery was a bit too sophisticated and his singing was too operatic. He did not have enough of that raunchy feeling that the character required. Um, hmm. Barbara, when, by the way, whenever Barbara is written, I always want to say Barbara, Yeah, but yeah. it's so hard to read Barbara. Barbara felt Randall had to be replaced and approached Paul Lind, who was voicing characters in the perils of Penelope Pitstop and other Hanna-Barbera TV shows at the time to do a reading. Um, so yeah, it's interesting because he apparently wasn't the original voice. Huh, interesting. And you know what you're saying about like characters who their whole thing is that they like to eat, but it's kind of interesting because in Charlotte's web style, like it's not just that he likes to eat, it's that he has to eat to live because their whole thing is like, if Charlotte dies, you will also die. Mm-hmm. Because you won't have food anymore. Right. <laughs> so it's like even that his personality is like, yeah, I like to eat, but it's like also like I have to eat or I'll die. <laughs> like right. it's still centered around death. Well, and you it's, know? <laughs> it is funny how like, yeah, there's always there's that what's in it for me? Like yeah. that, that kind of take. But it's like, well, your life is in it for you, yeah. Templeton, your yeah. well-being. And they have to keep reminding him, you know, uh-huh. like you, you 
are dependent on this pig right now for for eating. And so mm-hmm. it is a kind of funny thing that like like you just said, all the characters in this are there is like a, a he's, Wilbur's almost the lynch pig holding it all together. <laughs> Did that work? Did that joke work? It did, yeah. Okay, that, good, do- good. that joke did work. Sorry, I was okay. muted because a cat was attacking my mic. So oh, that's that was fine. like, oh, I can't, I can't laugh. You, you didn't a, hear a the A cat attacked your mic just like it attacked uh, Templeton in this, in oh. this movie. Da, 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 da. Da, Do you think da, da, da. Templeton was a good dad? That's what I want to know. Oh, at the very end when he <laughs> no, becomes a dad. No, I don't think, I don't think so. I think he was like... I mean, we didn't even see him with his girlfriend till she got till she gave birth. <laughs> like, That's true. It bothered me that out, what you know? rat parents are like. So. I mean, time has gone by. We can assume that he met someone in the meantime, and that it's. It. Do you think he was a good boyfriend? <laughs> no, you know, of you would not. you would be you would be surprised how much certain men change once they meet someone. <laughs> I just want to say, I just want to say, like, you would be very shocked. I don't even eat anymore. I don't even do any of this. But you, you, or just anyone in general, anybody you meet, sometimes you'll meet and be like, I'm going to, I have to, God dang it, I've got to get rid of the bad things that I do. So maybe he, maybe he like made himself better. I don't know. My therapist says never to think you can change a man. Ooh. That's probably well. That's probably good not to think that you can like force someone to change, like that you would yeah. want to change them and be yeah. like, "I'm gonna make you change." Yeah, I just yeah, dropped yeah. my phone. I'm Don't just gonna... date a person for their potential. That's what my therapist said. Anyway, that's not important. I mean, that's a that is a good lesson. That is a yeah. good lesson. But what's yeah. but what's nice about Templeton is he has no. Sorry, yeah. I was gonna say well, what's may, nice about may... Templeton is he has no potential. So, well, right. <laughs> we, we, you know, we, we don't know anything about him aside from the fact that he loves to eat garbage. <laughs> so maybe he has more to him, you know, like we don't it's not it's not, you know, it's not Templeton's garbage. It's Charlotte's Web. Right. Well, he does. <laughs> Templeton's garbage. I want it so bad. Now. <laughs> There's something that the live action one does a little bit better, maybe in some regard, because at the end, he still seems selfish in the animated one where it's like, I'm not going to help it. I keep it's Templeton this, Templeton that. And he seems kind of <laughs> like, you know, smug about. But in the live action movie, Steve Buscemi does a good job of like, he goes through a lot to get the word. Like he gets attacked by crows and stuff. Oh. Um, and like eventually comes back and, and and he's being like told like, hey, Templeton, go and get the egg sack. He's like, I keep doing all this stuff. I keep doing this. And do you say thank you? And then, and then Wilbur's like, uh, go and do this and I'll give you a dibs on my food. And he's like, done. But it's like it, it, the way that he's like ramping up talking about it. It's like, yeah, he kind of was doing a lot for them. Well- even though he was being sort of you know, guilted into doing it and but he still was doing it. He still was yeah. being good and helping. And, and like Charlotte wasn't sense? calling him a friend. And you're like, Yeah. I mean, rude. do you get the sense that Charlotte and Templeton knew each other previously? Because she they acted like they had some sort little, of like history. A little bit of, yeah, it's fun. There's a really great moment in the animated one where he's um when she's making the first web and it's in the middle of the song too when he kind of walks out. It's like what are you doing, Charlotte? Mm-hmm. Just making a web. Why so late? It's like kind of the cadence of how they're talking feels like two yeah. people that know each other 
fairly well, well. And the fact that she basically put a hit out on him with the cat, you know, it's <laughs> like, you know him. There's something going on here. I, I like the idea that they, the two rats met at Charlotte's funeral and like that's yeah. where Templeton met oh his uh, soon-to-be girlfriend. <laughs> wow. this, is, this is all the the head cannon yeah. for Charlotte's Web. <laughs> or maybe they they cover this in Charlotte's Web too. Again, I don't mm. remember. There's mm. probably like a really bad Paul Lynn and Preston. Like they would have called me to do a my Paul Lynn, <laughs> and it would be terrible. <laughs> Yeah, anyway. Anyway. Oh, I was about to say, oh, never mind. There's nothing else about Babe that I need to say. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm just looking. You know what's funny? I'm looking at my notes that I I took very few notes on this because I just, you know, I just watched it. But one of my notes is the spider is hot. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I'm glad about the only one. She is, right? Like, come on, we were all thinking it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Oh, my other note is... Does the kid hear the animals? And it reminds me of that family guy where they're like, so do they hear the baby or what? Yeah, I had that exact same thought. I don't know what God, I thought of the exact same scene. Because she's talking about like, oh, Templeton does this and Charlotte is it. And it's like, wait, can you understand what they're saying? I'm very confused. And she I, says she can. And it's like a magic, like, I love the animals. I almost thought that this was almost like, that scene was almost like in like the meta narrative. This is like, she is E.B. White and yeah, like in the of. future she wrote Charlotte's Web and she About made this. the characters. Oh, yeah. I'm not inventing, I'm just telling facts. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's like the you know, Hobbit story. She's Bilbo Baggins at all. So I, I, yeah, I, that's probably what it is. Um, but I wonder, I can't remember if in the book she can, if maybe that's an explicit point that like she actually does understand them talking hmm. but yeah, yeah it felt a little weird it's like it can't yeah. just be her being there um she knows their names and that's kind of weird yeah it's a little it's, a it's li- unclear it's unclear <laughs> this is adult brains have to like analyze and break down every <laughs> single like, little thing you know she could have really helped out wilbur then like if she understood like if wilbur yeah. was like i don't want to die and she's uh-huh. like yeah 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 i get well, she it doesn't I get want it. Him they to all die. say that she doesn't want well, to no, die. But, she, sure, but she, she doesn't, doesn't bring try him like a very note. hard yeah <laughs> Well, how much she could take him and run away? I don't know. When you're a like, little kid and your parents have like all the control over like the the way of things, I think like it's understandable yeah. for her to be acting the way she is. Yeah, well, but she, also, she could have got some letters for Charlotte. Yeah, like, you know, Templeton goes through goes through heaven and hell to get that stuff. Right. You know, uh, this is a common thing with like I don't know if anyone has heard of. I don't know if this is an American thing or if they have it in Canada, but 4H Club. Is the thing that we have here. Oh, um, I only know of it for when anyone says the words 4-H club. And I'm like, that right. is a thing. Don't know what yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, But uh, I mean, I don't know too much about it, but it's like a thing where I don't know if it's like high school or younger, but it's like kids raise animals. And then at the end of them raising the animal, they take them to an auction and sell them for food. And it's like, uh, this what? is a, yeah, yeah. It's a thing that a lot of kids i mean i didn't i didn't do it it's like it's like farm club i don't know i i remember my high school had hey, it one I... about farm club <laughs> <laughs> i mean the animals don't talk about it that's for sure. <laughs> yeah yeah um but it's like a weird thing that we do here in america where we expect kids to raise an animal and then sell and the kids are so sad it's like they know their animal's gonna be murdered for food that and explains it's like, like a lot about your country 
Yeah. Oh, lots of stuff explains a lot about our country. But uh, yeah, it's like a thing where kids are just expected to like, okay, you know, this is your animal that you love and it's going to die so someone can eat bacon or, or a hamburger. And it's like, that's just what we do here. Oh my, oh <laughs> you know, my it's gosh. a thing where I am pretty sure kids at a young age know not to hurt animals. Like, I feel like that's just a natural thing that most kids have. And we kind of tell them like, hey, these animals are for food. And you eat them and it's like we kind of make and, and you know, it was that thing. I forget who mentioned it, uh, but it was a thing of like, do you think? Oh, it, Dax, it was you where it's like, mm-hmm. do you think about animals when you're eating them? And it's like most people don't because when you go and buy meat in the grocery store, it doesn't look like an animal or I, well, oh, yeah. sorry, part of that cognitive dissonance with yeah. which with we live our entire lives. Right. Well, like, like, again, like with phones and stuff like that. Exactly. And it's like, you know, I'm vegan, but I walk past the meat section of a grocery store and it's like i'm not disturbed by it at all because they don't look like animals well and you know it's funny too I, there's the thing that i <laughs> my favorite um horrific thing is with um food products when they put a cartoon mascot of the animal you're eating <laughs> on the thing or it's like oh el, el pollo loco how it would have like the the crazy cartoon chickens and it's like oh. there but there was i remember with some some high school friends of mine one time we were <laughs> we were like Looking at these cans of salmon, I don't remember why. We were like in a grocery store and there was this one can of salmon that had like a weird looking cartoon, like old, (laughs) old salmon on it. And I came up with a voice for it, which was like, it's me, it's the smoked salmon. I sold out me brethren. And so it was like this thing that would just come up every so often, like, yeah, that's the life of a smoked salmon. You want you want some of my cousins? Like it was always him telling you how he could get you like some of his relatives to eat. And then that was what kept him alive was the fact that he was... You know, given this clemency, this uh, is this is dark. <laughs> this is like a, a very dark tale of what will you do to survive as a salmon? Oh my goodness, me the smoked salmon. Um, but how is he really smoked though? Then, if he's alive, um, but yeah, right. Maybe he wow. smokes. Wow, Maybe he's is, a smoking he, salmon. Maybe is it's he the like ghost. Is he ghost of salmon? <laughs> He smokes a lot of weed. He's <laughs> <laughs> the token salmon. He's the smoking salmon. Um, but but it is my favorite weird thing when it's like you're using cartoon animal. Yeah. That almost makes it worse for me personally because yeah. now I'm like hyper aware of it. But well, because yeah, again, like people don't think about animals when you're eating them because they really don't look like it. I mean, it's like I've eaten vegan you could eat a foods person, that it wouldn't look like a human like, being. You know? Yeah, exactly. Like I've I, well, okay, I'll take your word for that. <laughs> Like I've I've eaten beyond meat and that tastes like meat, but it's not meat, but it's like you could put beyond meat and like beef next to each other and they'd probably look really similar. Yeah. Like veggie sausage and normal sauce. Well, I mean, again, that's like hot dogs, sausages, hot dogs, but um, yeah, raccoons and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, it's like tofurkey sausage looks like real, you know, real sausage. It doesn't, neither of them look like an animal is what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good, right? <laughs> you know, what, you know what this episode has reminded me of is an Eddie Izzard performance, where it's Ooh, like going like all not praise. to say we're as funny, but that we're like <laughs> no, where we it's are. like jumping all over the place from like one thought to another thought to like I, five other. I'm gonna tell the I, Vader joke now, then go off and, and do. <laughs> And just like having like a random thing of like, yes, now let's talk about death yes. and how we feel. And then death like, is a thing. Oh, yes, you died the other day. Mm-mm, mm-hmm, mm-mm, mm-mm. 
I'm just Honestly, kidding. Sorry, go ahead. I Sarah. can't remember what what I started with. Uh, I've had like half, maybe. Hmm, how much of that wine did I have? I don't remember or know because <laughs> like I poured three, it. There's like three bottles glass. like sitting beside. No, no, no. Sarah. I only bought one bottle, so it's less than one bottle. But I cannot remember for the life of me what I started talking about. It's a small world after all. Yeah. It's a small world after all. This is going to be called it's a small the, world after all. A bonus episode where we eventually sometimes talk about well, actually, no. So It's a Small World was now. also written by the Sherman Brothers. What? Um, okay. You probably mentioned that yeah. in our Disney I would be, So episode. anyway. I actually want to bring up the Sherman Brothers. Uh, oh, good. A We're back bit. on track. It back happened. on track. So back to the Sherman Brothers. Uh, Mary Poppins, The Sword and the Stone, Bedknobs and Broomsticks, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, The Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh, Snoopy Come Home, Little Nemo, Adventures in Slumberland, The Parrot Trap, both versions technically, The Jungle Book, and The Aristocats. Um, and a crap movie. Pretty good resume. Pretty good resume. Uh, what was that, mm-hmm. Sarah? Oh, good movie! I was saying Aristocats. The Aristocats, um, and, and a lot, <laughs> and a crapload of other songs that I can't even begin to list. Um, uh, and yes, they also did "It's a Small World" and "In the Tiki 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 Room." In the Tiki 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 Room. Oh, the birds sing, birds and the flowers croon. In the Tiki 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 Room. Wait, I have a question. Is that song from anything other than? Disneyland? No, it was made for Disneyland for the Atiki oh, Room okay, attraction. Okay. Did you know there's well, a version by Hillary Duff? Oh my God! What? <laughs> I'm gonna listen to it right now. No, not right now. Um, it, I wrote here when I wrote my notes, I accidentally typed "It's a small room." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it feels like that. Like that's what quarantine feels it's like. like. It's a small room oh, after all. Well. Uh, also, it, the It's a Small World ride feels like a small room. I got stuck on that. Not, like, for a oh long time, but, like, it got stuck when I was on it one time. Anyway, continue. So that's the reason that um, they were were asked to write the song for it, was originally the Small World had the anthems of different countries playing, but because the rooms were so next to each, they were so near each other, um, it just sounded cacophonous and like it didn't uh, really work because you could still hear like one anthem of one country while you were going. So Walt wanted a song that could be easily translated into different languages and that like could serve as an anthem for the world. Oh, God. Um, so don't, I don't know if he got that one. I don't know if he did it. Well, I don't know if he nailed well, anthem. It's definitely a song that's the same through every room. Yeah, <laughs> so he accomplished that. You know what? Now that now that you do say it, that does kind of bring back uh, a memory. Like when my grandmother like had Alzheimer's and like was near the end of her like life. We went to like Disney World and then we came back with like a thing of like uh, our video of us on like the Small World ride and like. That was one of the things she, she still remembered, and she like instantly wow. started singing around. So, uh, wow. you know, maybe, maybe it's a it very, does stick in your stick in your head a little bit. It's very hard to ever forget any Sherman Brothers <laughs> yeah. song. That's the thing. And it's uh, it was funny because the attraction was originally called Children of the World, um, but mm. after hearing the song, the Shermans wrote for it. Disney renamed the attraction to It's a Small World instead. That makes sense. They say it a lot. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, just another few notes here about the Sherman Brothers. Um, again, watch the boys. It's very, very interesting. And um, and like they also they themselves were. Uh, it, you really can tell that like they 
had, even though they were like very good with their work, they themselves, it was hard to work together for a long time. And it's interesting to see how like the documentary talks about the family dynamics of the Sherman brothers and, uh, their, and you know, their dad was also a musician. Al Sherman was, uh, was a, a songwriter and musician in his own right. So it's kind of interesting to see. And their mom was a silent film actress. And so it's like, mm. you see the way that like kind of the, the, the talent kind of trickled through their family is interesting. Um, but uh, they, for those who don't know, won two Academy Awards for Mary Poppins, which was the best original music score and best original song uh, for Chim Chim Cheree, um, which Ooh. was a favorite song of Walt's personally. And he would regularly ask the boys to play it. And I included, there's like a page of sheet music for Chim Chim Cheree that was included in the boys that I put a photo of in the folder there um for you to see if you want and uh but uh erwin coastal is someone that they thanked when ac- accepting the award and i believe he was the one who was handling arrangement and conducting for the orchestra and erwin coastal i believe is also named on this film on charlotte's web um and uh just to make sure i have this right do 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 um, yeah, Erwin Coastal was in charge of handling score for this movie, and he mm. was involved in a lot of other productions as well through the years, and other worked on other films with them, and um, I think also worked on the score for on the uh, handling the score for the West Side Story film, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so anyway, that's I just wanted to bring up all these little music things, um, and I like that there's an overture at the beginning of Charlotte's Web too, in a way, like you were saying, Andrew, how like as it crawls over the farm that you can kind of, there's a sort of feeling you get watching that opening. And um, I think a lot of it has to do with sort of hearing the hints of the music that you're about to, to hear through the different songs. Mm. Yes. And the feeling is sadness. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. Um, so let me, I'm just going to scrub here though. There's like a couple last things I wanted to bring up. I realized we never like gave Let's any. Let's go back to babe. Well, we yeah. never, yeah. it's, it's okay. funny because we never summarized any of the plot for this. And I think this I is, think that's okay. I think this is one of those movies too, where it's like, I think you probably know the story of Charlotte's web. And even yeah. if you didn't, it's like uh pig is, doesn't want to die. Spar- uh, Sparlet. <laughs> Spider tries <laughs> to save its life with uh, writing words in its web and eventually succeeds. There, that's the whole story. And then she dies. And then, and then the spider she, die. And then the yeah. spider and then she dies. she has kids and half yeah. her kids go, oh, well, sorry, like 97 of her kids fly off. Apparently, and yeah. three of them are still Apparently, there. spiders can fly using oh, yeah. threads. Oh, yeah. So I've, interesting. Uh, I've uh, encountered that before, and it's really? <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. It's not it's not fun to have a spider just fly in your face. Well, I've oh also just God. seen it where it feels like not flying, but a spider is just hanging from mm-hmm. nowhere. You know yeah. what I mean? Where you look up and you're like, "What are you hanging from?" Yeah, and you're, yeah. Like, you're like, "What is this a PS PS one uh, Spider Man game? Like you're not, you're, your webs aren't attached to anything." I almost had a spider crawl on my face the other night uh, on my couch. Oh my! So goodness. That was fun. Wow. Yeah. yeah. No, uh, I have three kittens. Uh, yeah. Any spider comes down, they, it gets eaten. It's, yeah, uh, my cats were sleeping. I was like, you guys, there's a spider. <laughs> I don't, I don't kill spiders, but if they come in my house, you know what? They're taking a risk because I have two <laughs> cats. And if my cats want to eat them, that's the circle of life. <laughs> um, but they didn't eat this one. 
I had a spider living next to my toilet for like months. I don't know where he went. I thought I killed him one day because I dropped my deodorant on the floor and I thought he got <laughs> crushed, but then he was there. It's a miracle. Life is miraculous. Yeah. He's gone now. But, but. <laughs> Well, and there's there's one more character here I want to bring up before we wrap this up. Um, is uh, the goose. Yeah. The goose voiced by Agnes Moorhead, who was in Dora on Bewitched. Um, of course, of course. Is 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 the uh is the the way she speaks repeating things is that from I, the book? I was gonna look it up and I just didn't have time, but I, I like to think it might be because they do yeah. a similar thing in the live action one where she kind uh, of repeats certain things. Uh-huh. But in this one they really do amp it up, like just the whole like I I don't know. I think the goose is great, 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 honestly. Um, but no, but I like that moment too, where it's just like, aren't you glad, glad, glad? I, I, to me, it feels like they were trying to emulate, like he was trying to emulate the way a goose kind of, because you never hear like geese were like, like the, they'll do that repeat repetitive thing oh, yeah, when they're yeah. honking. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I'm I'm in Canada and there are Canadian geese everywhere. Oh, and if yeah. you get if you get too close to them, oh man, they eat, they will destroy you. <laughs> they they are our armed forces. Like they're... we just send a bunch of geese in and it's uh, game over. <laughs> but but I I like that they're trying to emulate that because it, it was funny. It made her feel more goose like to be, and it's just like, I, aren't yeah. you glad glad glad? Yeah, I kind of wish her and like, yeah, that's sad. Uh, I kind of wish that there was like a a final coda scene with like her and the ram and everyone being like the ram could be like, I learned the error of my ways. Life is precious and you deserve to live. We should all be happy (laughs) together. It's it's funny because in in the live action one, they do focus a little more on the other farm animals, um, but they're all very wisecracking celebrity cast characters. Um and that so one it's like john cleese is the voice of like one of the sheep and he's always wow. telling the other sheep to like n- not be followers and it's just <laughs> very so that's funny but there's also um oh god who are the crows I just does he ever call really them quick. sheeple uh, he, he should <laughs> no no that's his uh, that's just john cleese's that's normal john, twitter that's just uh. his normal twitter uh, oh john Oh, John, I'm not going to go into it. Anyway. Can, I, can I just say that the, the spider wanted to save the pig, but the spider didn't seem to want to save the chickens. Nope. Oh, yeah. Those chickens. Fuck uh, them. I, we, we never heard those chickens talk. Maybe they, they right? maybe they're really mean. Like, yeah, I guess so. Maybe like Charlotte had like brothers and sisters and the chicken just ate them. Like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So they had... Thomas Hayden Church as Brooks as Brooks the Crow and Andre three thousand as Elwin the Crow. What? Which are two Honestly, Honestly, I think that if I ever get cast in a movie, I want to be one of those weird cameos. Like just show up and Wait, be like, Oh yeah, podcaster Andrew is the crow. And so but Wait, to exp- who is Hunt Thomas Hayden Church? Who is I, that? I don't, I don't really Sandman? know. Like I'm he was Sandman in Spider Man Three and then- I was getting confused with the uh, Jonathan Taylor Thomas. That's who. Yeah. It's not oh, yeah. the same person. The other thing that I think about him is like sideways, and sideways is all about people who drink wine. So there you go. Back to the podcast. But the Wait, reason Andre I 3, wanted to bring up the crows is that they're always like, there is kind of a funny running joke that they're always like looking at a scarecrow in a cornfield and they're like, I think he moved. I think he moved. No, man, he didn't move. He's just like, okay, well, we're going to. 
Oh, I don't know. It's like that they keep trying to go up to the to like get the crow, but anyway. So it's it, that that's, sounds like it was like improv. Was that was that yeah. like it was was is it sound like that much in like the movie? It kind of like, does. Like obvious... I don't know. It might have been written, but it sounds it just sounds like they're bannering. But but the reason I wanted to bring that up is because they're talking about a scarecrow, which was in Journey Back to Oz. So yeah, that's one yeah, other that's tenuous connection that's I can true. make between mm-hmm. the film. Not through the animated one, but through the live action version that was well, made, late, e- made later. Even in that animated one, there is a shot of a scarecrow, and I oh, thought is of there? that. Yeah, Good. I don't remember the context, but I remember seeing Good. it being like, oh, just like in Journey to Oz. Um, by the way, Andre the 3000 is from Outcast. Well, there you I go. I just felt like mentioning that because I remember, uh, whatever. Well, and here, let's just go through a few of the other ones. Dakota yeah, yeah, yeah. Fanning as Fern oh, Arable. Dakota yep. Fanning from, what is her claim to fame? She's the I think of her as Coraline, like, to be honest. She's, but. she's oh, okay. one of the evil vampires in Trilight. She's also just that little girl who's like wise beyond her years. Yeah. yeah, just everything. I, like, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. That. I think I wrote in character. my notes that uh, Dakota Fanning is girl bossing this role hard. Because um, <laughs> oh, no. she kind of <laughs> was. Because there's a significant difference between the animated um, version and the live action version where she gets uh-huh. the pig. Um, oh. And um, oh, who's the and the voice of um, Fern? What's the there's, there's the voices here? Who is the voice of Fern? Okay, I don't remember. Oh, in the animated in one? in the animated one, yeah. That's a good question. Web. That some of us should know. IMDb. But I, don't. I don't know why I don't have this written. Wait, I'm bringing it up right now. Charlotte's Right now. Pamela Ferdin. I found it first. Okay, good. You win. You win the race. Oh, Pamela Ferdin is an American animal rights activist and a former child actress. Oh, that's something else I wanted to bring up regarding Babe. Oh, I'm sorry. Can I can I can I talk about it? She was the voice of Lucy Van Pelt in A Boy Named Charlie Brown. So she was Lucy in some Charlie Brown thing. Um, let's see. She had supporting roles in The Beguiled and with Clint Eastwood and Geraldine Page and a lead role in the exploitation film The Toolbox Murders. She also supplied the voice of Fern Abel in Charlotte's Web. Ferdin distanced herself from acting in the late 1980s and shifted her career to animal rights activism, working as an activist and protester in animal protection programs in New York City and Los Angeles. Wow. That's cool. Oh, that's cool. Wow. wow. Um, well, yeah. I want to say that uh, what you reminded me of is that James Cromwell in Babe also said that he became vegetarian because of uh, because yeah, of I just saw that work. actually vegan vegan, vegan. I read yeah, that ethical some, vegan yeah, yeah. it says wow. here wow um, stating cool. after Babe right yeah mm-hmm. he says as a result of starring as Farmer Hodgett saying I decided that to be able to talk about this movie with conviction, I needed to become a vegetarian. In 96, wow. he went on to organize a vegetarian dinner for the Los Angeles homeless at the at a compassionate Christmas event in order to reverse oh. the barnyard view that Christmas is carnage. Huh, that's interesting. Um, wow. So it's funny. Yeah, you have like these uh, main characters. That's so that's such a weird parallel between Charlotte's Web and uh, Babe that like mm-hmm. people who yeah. played the main characters saving the pig the humans that were like trying to save those yeah. pigs ended up sort of being affected by that in some way um, everyone who's starting gordy terrible people <laughs> we don't talk we don't talk about them terrible people they they started they doubled down on factory farming they ate the extra bacon during the filming <laughs> oh, in front of gordy the actor it was traumatizing oh my God. 
<laughs> but I just want to back on the live action Charlotte's here. I just wanted to read these voices because it's kind of hilarious to me. Dominic, Dominic Scott K is Wilbur the Spring Pig. Julia Roberts is Charlotte A. Cavatica the Spider. Steve Buscemi is Templeton the Rat. John Cleese is Samuel the Sheep. Oprah Winfrey is Gussie the Goose. Cedric the Entertainer is Golly the Gander. Ooh. Kathy Bates as Bitsy the Cow. Reba McIntyre as as <gasps> Betsy the Cow. It's Bitsy and Betsy. Reba McIntyre as Betsy the Cow. Robert Reba's Red- in the. Oh my God! I need to watch it now. Robert Redford Reba. as Ike the Horse, <laughs> and uh, and Abraham Bun Ruby as Uncle the Pig. Anyway, sorry. There's a bunch of other ones too, but. When you said Dominic, I thought you were going to, for some reason, my brain was like Dominic Toretto from the Fast and Furious. And I just imagined one of the characters is everyone is like, it's about family. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it really is. It's a a film about family, you know. There's always room for family. Yeah. It's a film Mm -hmm. about family. So anyway, uh, yeah, that's, I think that's... uh, that's everything. <laughs> I think that's I mean, everything. It, li- it is literally everything. I think it might be, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, so I'm looking through <laughs> here. I'm sorry. Like, no, just just to like the clarify for the audience. Anguish. I Because I wrote out this whole like outline of like topics and things to go through. And I'm like scrolling through it. I'm being like, I think we talked about all these things, but we did it in some order that I don't know how to organize anymore. I mean, would it be a Bluth uh, podcast episode if we didn't go completely out of order? You I know, not. here's one last thing I forgot to bring up. You ready for this? Yeah. The fly in Babe was voiced by Miriam Margo- Margolius, who was Wait, the professor. Fly? The- oh, fly. Fly the dog. Fly. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. I, wrote, I put the fly the dog. <laughs> fly the yes, I see how that was confusing. Now, fly in babe was voiced by Miriam Margolius, who was voiced. Also, fly in babe was voiced by Miriam Margolius, who was Professor Sprouts in the Harry Potter films, Aunt Sponge in James and the Giant Peach, and the grown-up grandma live-action version of the little girl in Balto, Rosie. Oh, so I can connect. That <laughs> I can Which connect. We did an episode on Balto. I can connect the fact that we talked about Babe with our Balto episode. Yeah, people should go listen to our Balto episode and our Once Upon a Forest episode and all I, the other uh, ones if they have like a week's worth of like time. You should listen to all of them. Do. They're all great. No, thank you. It is it is fun actually recording these because now it's like oh I don't have to spend like three hours of my Saturday listening to this. <laughs> oh, you, you just you just lived it. it. That's yeah. fun. Um, so I guess at the end of all this, I'll just say that'll do some pig. That'll do. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Sarah. What were you going to say? No, I just was looking. I hadn't been looking at how long we'd been recording and I was amazed that it's been this long. Yes. I shouldn't be amazed because this is like normal for us. (laughs) (laughs) You may have noticed by several attempts to both lengthen and, um, try and wrap up the, the episode. Which have yeah, not it been was really fruitful. hard to get a hard to get a bead on where Dax was mentally throughout this episode because sometimes <laughs> yeah. sometimes it was like let's go into this crazy tangent. Other yeah. times it was yeah. like I'm gonna show up to your house if you mention <laughs> another terrible weird animal for the podcast. Okay. <laughs> no, it's it it because Look, we never know. We never know what Dax wants, so we just keep the episodes as long as possible. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Somewhere in there, Dags got what he wanted. There's just things that I like to make sure that I've brought up. And later, it's yeah. frustrating if I'm editing it and I'm like, oh, I forgot uh, this thing. Oh, I, I made notes to bring this thing up and Look, I didn't, didn't bring it. We are not the, the end all be all uh, of, of Charlotte's Web. You know, there might be more <laughs> out there. Yeah. But like, we try to bring up everything, literally everything. And, and talk uh, about Babe. If anything babe is, is missed, you'll hear like a big brief cutting and it'll be like, future yeah. Dax here. And then uh-huh, it's uh-huh. like, yeah, yeah. Don't, and don't Babe is a me. great movie. Like everyone should go and watch Babe. Like watch Charlotte's Web, sure. But like Babe, <laughs> so good. You know what? Watch both. Watch both. Um, be nice to animals. Be nice. Be yeah. good people. And then eventually you die. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Like, look, look, Where look. I, 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 I just want to say, I, I don't care what you're eating for dinner tonight, but try out that Beyond Meat because it's good. It's really good. Like, I'm not saying eat that every time, but like, give it a shot. It tastes real nice. Make a burger, make some meatballs. You'll like it. Live a little. Come on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so to round out this discussion. Go I, to Del Taco. I, I had them for lunch. <laughs> I had Del Taco for lunch. It was good. Do you think, uh, you know, the next, there, there should be like a Beyond Meats uh <laughs> commercial using charlotte's web and like oh, it just yeah. it just says like the web just says don't eat meat try beyond and then like the, yeah. the farmer tries it and he's like wow i'm never gonna kill a pig yeah. ever again yeah and like Thanks. and like charlotte doesn't have to write all that stuff in her web she's just like eat beyond. like she eats she makes one web that says eat beyond meat Right. And then after that, she's done because he tries and he's like, that's great. Now I'm just, and then the dubstep happens. Now I'm just imagining Charlotte with a Twitter and like, Ooh. it's like, At this is Beyond so Meat. much easier of a means of communicating than trying to write my words out in web form. I can write them on the web instead. She would completely run out of characters because she uses such big words all the time. Yeah. Though, like Aloysius yeah. and stuff. Uh huh. Uh huh. <laughs> How many people do you anyway. think learned words because of Charlotte's Web? Anyway. Ooh. Yeah. Anyways. It is not. Good episode. Yes. Good episode. And I'd like <laughs> to say episode. this. Best episode ever. It is not often that someone comes along who is a true friend and a good writer. Charlotte was both. Aww. The last. Aww. And that is a last line in both film versions and in the book. Apparently, oh, nice. so that wow. is they managed to maintain that across all tellings of Charlotte Webb. I'm Charlotte, glad they kept Charlotte's that. Web. Mm-hmm. Um, and with that, we can wrap this up. Uh, yeah, Sarah, who are you? Oh my god, Sarah. I don't know. But what is your I, handle? At the very least, I'm on Instagram. So at Sarah Iyer, you can see photos of all my my cats, all two of them, <laughs> all my cats. <laughs> Oh my god! I only have two cats. Yeah, um, it's just um, two cat, two yeah, cats. Yeah, it's two two cats. Pet two, two cats brothers. in the morning. Well, they're not brothers. Oh, right, right. They're not brothers. Brother, uh, I pet two cats anyway, in the morning. I pet two uh, cats at night. I'm also on Twitter. Try to find me. I'm not going to tell you my name. And then listen to the Percast because that's like a different podcast Please. that I do. It's called the Percast. It's about cats. I'm only um, tangentially related to the Percast. Yeah. Well, you're, you're in every it. every single episode. That's literally. true. You hear my voice in every episode. Yeah. What yeah, a weird thought. Yeah, because you do the theme song with Annalise. Um, with Annalise Andrew Nelson. has been on the Percast, so like everyone's involved, so that's cool. And I don't know, like what else? I don't have anything else. Just everything. Like go find me everywhere. 
I'm everywhere. An- um, Andrew. Yeah. Where can people find you? See, people thought well, I was going to do mine, but no. You, Andrew, where can people find you? I mean, I'm also on Instagram, and I just ke- keep getting more cats. Yeah, so it's really, by the time you listen to this, who really knows how many cats will be in my house? Mm. Um, currently, it's five right now, because I'm looking wow. after this sick cat. You'll have another um, five and at least a couple piglings, I'm you know, Of course, of course. Oh, saving all the pig. pigs. Uh, wine movie nerd is that. And then, I don't know, you can find find me other places but you know wine movie is nerd is your handle i've been on oh, oh. yes we'll, yeah. we'll link it we'll link it on the, all the all the stuff what what about you? and and your podcast Andrew, oh yes yes me. so the best podcast is the one where uh if you meet, listen to the first minute you hear dax singing oh. and that's milkshakes and mimosas which also we've had sarah on and it's great yeah <gasps> and i am now four seasons into riverdale I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) And how does Riverdale connect with Charlotte's Web? Um, Well, you see, the web of conspiracy that Jughead (laughs) believes in gets more and more intense every episode. And I would not I would not be surprised if all of a sudden Jughead just comes in. and He's like, "Okay, Betty, there's been I've been I'm finding the trash bag killer. I'm looking at he's leaving letters in spider webs, you know, like that book, Charlotte's Web. Actually, I can do it with a few degrees of of separation. Oh, can you? Oh, just the film. Paulin. Yeah, Paul Lind, voice of Templeton, also voice Mm of Jack Pumpkinhead, or just Pumpkinhead in uh, Journey Back to Oz, made by Filmation that made the Archie animated series. Yeah, oh, good point. Which are the same characters and property as Riverdale. There you go. Yeah, but also, you know, my (laughs) thing is a future plot point, so, you know, spoilers, I'm sure. Ooh, yeah, yeah. And, um... I guess I'll end with me. I am yeah. Dak Schaefer. I am going insane with every passing day. And uh, you can find me. It has me... nothing to do with this podcast. It's just in general, right? Uh, yeah, I think it's all connected. But you it's know. partially related <laughs> I think it's all. How do, we, how do we connect Dax's uh, insanity to Charlotte's web? Let's I go. I think there's, there's an intricate web of madness that, that is... Uh, it connects all these things. But anyway, you can find me at Dax Schaefer on Twitter, Instagram... That's it. Just those two are fine. Don't look for me anywhere else. Um, and you can find our podcast, which is normally about Don Bluth movies and which we will finally. Oh, the one that people are excited about is coming up next. Finally. Next time. The one that people want us to get to. We are going to absolutely promise be doing Titan AE. Yeah. And... Yeah. And we will. That will be the final feature film entry episode of our podcast. Not the last episode, but it will be the last mm-hmm. feature film we talk about for Don Bluth. Um, wow. it's in theory, <laughs> <laughs> unless he releases another one before we finish the podcast, uh, right. which may actually happen. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, so whatever. Anyway, we'll, we'll get to uh, it. But the name of our podcast is the Bluth, the whole Bluth, and nothing and- but the Bluth. And nothing but the and nothing but the. the We can do it. We can do it. We can do it. Let's do it. The blue. The whole blue. And And nothing nothing but the blue. Elephant noise. I'm not sinking that one. That one. That one's just saying the the chaotic mess that it was. Um, I had to time stretch so much to try and line those up last time. I almost got us the E for explicit, but I held off. So has there been? Um, Oh well, no. No, this is one of the few ones. Huh. Yeah. 
I almost I almost said it when we were trying to all sync up, but I in didn't. In the spirit of a children's tale, we we keep this one pristine and mm-hmm. and pure. It's for children. <laughs> yeah. So, but uh that you can find our podcast at uh what are our handles, sir? Uh at nothing but the bluth on Instagram. We're not on Twitter because they have a character limit for time. <laughs> How many for, times uh, have we explained that story? <laughs> we spent so much time trying to think of a handle and we just decided not to do Twitter. Um and and the uh, we're on Facebook at the whole the whole thing the whole what, Bluth you might say I the to, Bluth. I just wanted what? to say before we that on on Instagram I just wanted to comment about this that uh, BBX girl <laughs> on Instagram <laughs> left a comment <laughs> when we were posting about our Oz episode uh, requesting a number of uh, films Ooh. for us to do and second in that list of films was Charlotte's Web. Yeah, so we did it. We, we did it all because of you. All no, because just kidding. It, it was planned, but it was a lovely <laughs> affirming, reaffirming yeah. uh, comment to receive. Because it's nice to know people want this episode right. instead of us just doing it. At least one person out there wants yeah. this episode. So hopefully yeah. you enjoyed it, and uh, <laughs> and uh, that'll do, fellow some pigs. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Feels wrong. Feels wrong to call. <laughs> say it to me. Say it to me. I'll be We're the pig. Pigs no, on I'm the not going to say it to you, Dax. What is it? My therapist says if someone asks you to insult them, don't do it. Ooh, that's a good one. <laughs> uh. Wilbur never forgot Charlotte, although he loved her children and grandchildren dearly. None of the new spiders ever quite took her place in his heart. She was in a class by herself. It's not often that someone comes along who is a true friend and a good writer. Charlotte was both. I can talk, I can talk, I can actually, factually talk. Isn't it grand that you can understand? Is Beautiful. Anyway, that's, Beautiful. that's it. I didn't even do a very good job of it. Um, we've got lots in common where it really counts. Where it really... Um, this is going to be a seven hour podcast and it's just going to be us trying to figure out how to end the podcast. Yeah. I, 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 there is actually one last interesting piece of things that I, I realized I could say, which is that uh, Richard, okay. Richard Sherman uh, did say that Charlotte's Web music, uh, the music in Charlotte's Web was his favorite of all the things that he worked on. Aww. And was actually Aww. really enjoyed by his father as well. So I thought that was kind of sweet. <laughs> May we all someday receive our father's love. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I mean, no, I mean, that's good. Else, 
Is nobody else waiting for their dad to say they're proud of them? <laughs> I mean, I yeah, at Christmas in 2012, and I was like right. drunkenly mentioned. Does it. nobody else have an Asian dad? Okay, is this, is this the mind. like family? Is this like the family? We don't have to keep this. In. Is this the family moment uh, version equivalent of the Life Aquatic scene where it's like, oh! what leeches? What am I the only one? <laughs> um, well, um, I'm proud of you. If that's worth anything, it's not. Uh, I have to go. I have to. I have to pee. I'll be back in one second. You guys finish the podcast. I feel like it's not should be the end of the episode.